Welcome to Top 5 Movies. This is John Burke. With me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And Michael Sanchez. Hello. And how are y'all doing this week? I'm tired from walking around a little while ago. <laughs> That's right. Mike and I had an adventure with our families today walking around um, our Bach Tower Gardens. Uh, hopefully one day we'll be a sponsor. Who knows? I just want everybody to be a sponsor. I don't care. Um, <laughs> it's, I, you I know, love it. I, as long as I like Ray, the Ray the back batteries. We're going to... Hey we man, wear the NASCAR suits, don't we? I use the Rayovac batteries. They're good batteries. You know, they're affordable. Uh, I'm down. Um, <laughs> they're not paying you to say that. You're doing it for free. I'm trying to keep <laughs> showing them how good I can do. Um, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you're on the fly all the time. With everything, should be a good enough selling point for all of these people. Chia, Chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? As a guy I'm who can't grow Chia. hair. As a guy who can't grow no, hair, you're already doing it for free. I'm you're all about the. Wrong. Oh yeah, that's not how this that's works. Right. This is not how any of this. <laughs> Mike's here to reel us in. All right. Put, put, We're just showing on my wall of my house. I'll, I'll just start sending bills to all these companies that I've given like commercial time to. Like, <laughs> like we did to the family. Yes. There's the a family that, that wanted pictures pictures taken because they watched us take. Oh yeah. Pictures and they're like, can we take the? Yeah, can we have you take pictures? And your Burke's being nice, and I normally would be nice, but I'm like, hey, you got your invoice book ready? Yeah. Because we totally <laughs> charged him. Yeah. I you mean, could have told him. You're a professional. Technically. It's um, like you under, are. Under, Undercutter's Pizza. We just come in at the same time as the delivery pizza and try to undercut them. Hey, we'll give you this pie for half price. Come on, look us up. That's a, uh, You've never seen that Tom Green ski, skit? I probably have, because I used to watch the Tom Green show. I loved him. What happened to him? Uh, crack. Uh, he probably got beaten in with a wrench from trying to undercut someone's pizza delivery. <laughs> or, oh, gosh. or buying something with a bag of pennies. Um, <laughs> all right. So our topic this week, everybody, is top five uh, actresses. And we, we gave a heads up with this one, which we don't usually do, but we did top five actors last week. We're going to jump into top five actresses. And we all encountered, um, just like actors, There's it's a gigantic pool. But the big difference is that Hollywood doesn't often ca- uh, write strong female protagonist parts. Um, they're usually supporting characters. And so when we think of some of our favorite movies, the men stand out because they're usually the protagonists. Now, there's, that's obviously not a standard. There are definitely films with great female protagonists, but there are far fewer than there are with male protagonists. And that is a problem. Uh, so when we start thinking about movies like uh, our favorite actresses, we are thinking more of supporting roles and, you know, it doesn't have the same impact to me, like in my brain, mem- you know, in my memory, as the male performances. And so I had to really do some digging to decide who I felt the strongest about as far as their performances. And I used a little, uh, pretty much the same criteria I did last week, which is do they make me want to go to the movie? Like if I see that they are in the film, are they going to make me want to see it? And I have a huge list. Um, and I narrowed it down to my five, of course, but I had a huge list going in and it was hard to narrow down my five. I'm going to agree with that, and also when I was thinking of favorite actresses, a couple that came to mind I couldn't use for this list because they. I love television shows. Ah. It just is what it is, 
And when I was thinking about this list, the first, and most of the people on my list are women who play main characters, and I love them in those roles. But mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to use actresses from shows, even though they have been in some movies, but their movies don't really stick out to me as being not even good movies, um, which is sad. Amy Poehler, I still love you. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was kind of my the hard thing going into this also. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I agree with the fact that Hollywood's de definitely been a male-centric. A white It's man. gotten better. Yes, that's the other part, and my list kind of reflects that, and I feel guilty, but I didn't want to just throw in, say, a Viola Davis, mm -hmm. who is fantastic, but Amazing. I haven't seen enough of her work to truly say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing with a Hispanic actress. Sorry, Jennifer Lopez is not going to make it on my list. I'm just going to say that right now. Um, but... You know, it, I, I went. I approached it again the same way. How varied is their work? Um, some of these talents have had stuff almost. Not, I wouldn't say quite written for them because I, I figure that it's Hollywood's tough. To, Hollywood's still to this day, I think, got that bo old boys club kind of mm -hmm. mentality. I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. I had um, one of my biggest issues though with narrowing to the five is I don't feel like I've seen any of my actresses, the ones that I love. Um, their body of work consistently like I, I've seen some of the yeah. big movies but I don't think I've seen their catalogs where like a lot of my top five actors I've seen every movie they've done or a large number of them um, and I didn't have that with this one although there I think my number one and number two that's not true I've seen quite a few of theirs um, but even some of them don't have a huge body of work yet and it's not that they're new it's that uh, they've done TV or like you know so they're they're on all these shows but they haven't done a lot of movies, so they, you know, that narrowed my list down quite a bit. And then some have done, um, like one who didn't make my top five. I won't say who it is, but they've done some really bad movies, like too many mediocre to bad films that I just couldn't overlook them and put them on my list, despite having several films where I love their performances. Um, and it's not necessarily at least one of the bad movies. Their performance was also bad, um, but. You know, I'll talk about that in the uh, honorable mentions, but um, I think that kind of sets us up for this week's topic. Um, and this week, Corey is going to start us off in two ways. One with our our warning. That's right. Um, hmm. This we might ruin some movies for you. So if you want to check out our lists first at BerkReviews.com, you can do that. Or if you don't mind spoilers, listen ahead. And of course, as we noted with last week's episode, the spoiler warning isn't as predominantly important as normal because we will be talking about the actresses. So their movies um, may not get as detailed discussed uh, as we usually do when we pick our like top five um, heist movies, for example, where we talked about the heist sequences and things like that. Those are going to get spoiled. This it's likely we won't. But there is, of course, a chance. And if a movie uh, particularly stuck out to us, we might spoil something about it in order to express our love of this actress. So, heads up on that. Interesting note, though. Um, I saw, and I didn't read the article, so I might, I hope I'm not misinterpreting what I what I gathered, but you guys know MTV does the MTV Movie Awards every year. Mm -hmm. I, I read that they're going to do away with the gender-specific um, acting awards. So you won't have Best Actor or Actress, you'll just have Best Performance. Uh. I think that that would set up for less actresses being recognized right away. I think that's a really valid point, Corey. And uh, exactly. And but on the other hand, um, um, let's say it's out of 
10 nominees. It could be uh, the other side where it becomes maybe the best performances of the year were all females. And so you might not even have a male nominated or something like that. It does. Um, it's interesting uh, in, in ways because I agree with that. Of course, that is a concern. Now, MTV has always been a little bit more ahead of the curve with, um, you know, fighting for equal right type things. You know, you know you're going to have your uh, support for the gay community earlier than other networks did. And so I think the same when it comes to women rights, you're going to see a push for more women there. However, which women on MTV are going to be different? You know what I mean? Like you're going to have more of the young actresses um, than I think you're going to have the respected actresses showing up on the MTV awards. I don't know that to be a fact, but they do. They are the only award show that has best kiss as a category. So, well, and, but then again, with what you're saying and them being a little more progressive, does that mean that they're going to shout out actors who definitely deserve those spots because they did a great job to make room for women? It's possible. Uh, definitely a possibility. I mean, that's the course the catch is I see the idea like, I think the best actor category in the past has felt like it's weighed more. Um, and I, I don't think that's true, of course, but I think it's felt like it's weighed more because, again, like Leonardo DiCaprio, you hear every year about, oh, he's going to be slighted until he finally won for The Revenant. You don't hear a lot of talk about the best actress competition um, other than that. Meryl Streep's nominated. What a surprise. You know, like that's the one you like oh, go to. Yeah. Like otherwise you don't hear about a lot of controversy with it. Um, by comparison, I think, to the male. Now, that depends on who you're listening to, of course. There are people who are much more progressive. I'm talking about generally, like, you listen to people talking around, you watch, like, memes and things like that. It is a heavily um, male-dominated, as we've noted, industry. It is changing, but it is a slow change because the people in charge are still guys. Um, more often than not, the, the many of the, like, the most notable directors are men. Um, something within my classroom, I try to have a diverse set of, uh, I have a lot of director posters on my wall and I try to have a diverse set and I have to go digging to get a diverse set of people that my kids may have heard of that are not white male. You know, it is a, it is a challenge to get, um, notable directors and not that there aren't any, it's just that they're not getting a lot of the opportunities. Um, the number is growing and I'm talking male and female, um, you know, African-American, Hispanic, um, other, any other culture just not having a wall of white guys in my in my film classroom. So, you know, it is um it is something that is I'm glad to see changing and every year there's there's more and more directors uh, outside of that the uh, original stereotype, but it's still a slow change in the process. So, we're not trying to get too political here about Hollywood. We're not in Hollywood. None of us have worked for Hollywood, so we're only to, uh, speculating on what we've seen and what we've witnessed and what you can observe just by looking at if you, you know, pull a list of the highest grossing films of all time, you're going to see a pattern. Uh, and it's not necessarily that they're better. It's just that they've had more opportunities. And that's, you know, a, a, an issue. So I, f I feel like you should have started a band called Wall of White Guys. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Write that down. And yeah. I would also just like to mention that if anyone in Hollywood is listening, we wouldn't be, you know, disappointed if you offered us a job in Hollywood. Yeah, <laughs> but... no. Um, I am, in fact, a white male. So, you know. <laughs> I'm a male. And I'm I was... white. I I also want to say this when Mike you were mentioning about like representation and I feel bad because every single woman on my list is white and it's mm -hmm. I don't no, I don't know. you know what I mean I don't want to I just feel like there isn't enough representation Well it's also and... I mean part of it is um the type of films that we're uh privy to that we're more likely to to watch um Hollywood blockbusters Often, uh, now, there are exceptions, of course. There are, like, I am a big fan of Rosario Dawson. 
I am too. Mm-hmm. But she also gets a lot of movies that I like. The movie she has coming out now with Katherine Heigl, and um, I think it's Dudamel, but it might be Timothy Oliphant, or it might be somebody who just looks like one of those guys. Um, you know, the staple it's one of those white guys guy look. From the wall of white guys. Yeah, it's, it's he. You just pluck a guy off the wall of white guys, and there he is. And it's kind of got a fatal attraction type vibe to it, like where it's Katherine Heigl's the ex-wife, and then uh, Rosario Dawson is the new younger wife, and it looks way over the top mega melodramatic the first trailer especially and it's mainly because it looks like in the third act there's going to be a fist fight between rosario dawson and katherine heigl that just it feels ridiculous um and i i want to i'm probably going to see it just because i do like rosario dawson and i want to i want her to get more work and more lead roles like this i just wish it wasn't such a crappy looking movie because she's fantastic on the marvel series so far in both daredevils and i believe she's in jessica jones for a couple episodes and I haven't made it through all of Luke Cage yet, so I, I but I hear she's in that as well. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously she's in Clerks 2, which, you know, Kevin Smith, uh, I love her Sin that. City. Um, Sin City. She's yeah, in Sin Kids, City. which is where I first saw her um, yeah. when I was still a kid and should not have seen that movie. But nonetheless, I watched it. No. Uh, <laughs> um, mm. but Seven Pounds, which I don't know if you guys watched that movie, but I it made me cry. It's sitting on my shelf, though. I, did, I, had, I purchased it not too long ago, but... Um, yeah, it, she's she's tremendous. But again, I haven't seen a whole lot with her in it. Like, cause, like, well, I like Clerks too. I'm not gonna fight for Clerks too as being like the best performance, you know, of an actress. Um, <laughs> and uh, even with kids, like, kids was a very you know mockumentary type feel. You know, it felt very organic, and the acting was mediocre. And I haven't seen it since I was in high school, so like, I don't remember how great she was in that. So she's and again, like we said, we're we're trying not to include TV because this is top five movies actress, not top five anything goes actress so um that's not to say some of these might not have tv but they have to have a strong film presence and i don't know that she does right now for me um at least not in what i've seen so i i think that is a sad thing um i do love viola davis and i do think uh she qualifies for me um if i see her name on a bill i am more likely to, to go watch it not to mention the amount of credibility she brought to suicide squad She's the only thing that's really good in Suicide Squad, as she is not only great <laughs> at, in the role she's playing, but she's always great. And she made me tear up during Fences. Love Viola Davis, but I've only seen those two movies and The Help. Oh, I was going to say, you haven't seen The Help? And, and The Help, that's oh, it. I have not. Mm-hmm. And on that note with The Help, though, Octavia Spencer is another actress who I th- brings immense credibility to a role. She's in The Help, but uh, she's in um, Hidden Figures this year. But she's also in The Shack, a movie that I'm not going to go watch. Just doesn't appeal to me. Um, feels very cheesy and over the top. It may not be, but that's the trailer gave me that vibe, and I didn't feel like sitting through it. What do you have against Shaquille O'Neal? Ah, wrong Shack. But um, <laughs> and and I'm pretty sure they cast Octavia Spencer as a godlike character, um, like a surrogate for God, if you will. Um, and like an Alanis Morissette sort of casting. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> but um. You know, she's another actress who is African-American, who I, I, she's in a film. I am more likely to give it a chance. Although for a long time, she was just playing these small character parts where she would just be in the background and show up, have a really great scene, and then be done. Like, uh, she even has an episode of Big Bang Theory where she works at the DMV. Um, one scene, hilarious when she's in it, and then she's gone. Um, so just, again, now Hidden Figures, I think you're going to see her in more stuff. In fact, all three lead actresses in Hidden Figures are fantastic, but I've only seen two of them in Hidden Figures, and I think I think one of them was in Moonlight as well. And that's the only thing I've seen with them. Um, so I'm, I'm inclined to see more, just haven't. So, and, of course, there's people who I didn't think of. I will note, 
I did look at a top 100 actress. I actually looked at three different top 100 actress lists to just kind of come up with names to like brainstorm. And I think all three of the lists were white women, period. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think you're right. And that's not necessarily true of what's out there, but that is like these are lists made by film watchers and film lovers. And that's all I'm, when I'm looking at this pool of names. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Um, and honestly, a lot of them were older actresses, too, who, whose movies I've never seen. Um, you know, so like the ones that I was already thinking of were the ones that I saw on the list. Um too like the ones that i'm in my head the actresses that i was already kind of yeah yeah i'm thinking of these people i didn't get a whole lot of new ideas from these lists because there were a lot of actresses whose films i just hadn't witnessed um which i think when you look up actors lists you get a big variety of time period like there's a lot of now and there's a lot of old days but it was back and forth where with the actresses it was heavily uh, skewed towards the older actresses some still acting now and some not but I guess that is a good point to get to our list. Corey's going to start us off this week. I'm going to go second, and Mike will follow up third. Um, so without any further ado, let's get into Corey's number five, top five actress. Okay. So my number five is Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> and I wanted to say that with a straight oh. face, and I couldn't. But anyways, not my favorite actress ever. Okay, my God, five... Corey. I was about to rip it up. <laughs> I was like, you just gave me fuel. so hard. So hard not to laugh, and it just didn't work. Dang it. Um, so my number five um, she has actually kind of become a favorite kind of recently-ish. Um, I feel like they're doing a better job maybe casting her in parts than they may have done previously. But I chose Scarlett Johansson. Dun, dun, dun. Ah, yep. um, I'm liking her in... She's done a couple of science fiction movies that I really liked. Um, I love Under the Skin, which we'll watch re- soon. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked Lucy. I liked her um, in Hail Caesar, The Prestige. I love her in Ghost World. And also she's done some voice work um, that's that I've kind of enjoyed. I liked her and her. Yeah. And The Jungle Book wasn't one of my favorite movies, but I liked her being the voice of Ka, is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I am looking forward to Ghost, uh, to Ghost in the Shell, which I'm hearing very mixed things. That's bad. Some people really hate it. Some people really like it, and I'm getting two opposing views from two different friends. But um, so I really like her work, and I am inclined to see things when she is in it. But I recently saw a trailer for a movie that's coming out later this year that looks absolutely horrible. And mm. I don't know why she would have chosen that movie, but um, it's called Rough Night. Uh, oh, it's the recreation of oh, the uh, Very Bad Things. Very Bad Things. Yeah, yeah it's the yeah, female version. Horrible. Um, it looks so bad. I gotta I'm say, just like, uh, Kate yes. McKinnon's in it. Um, Kate McKinnon's in it, and she's very funny. And the I don't know the actress's name, but she did. She is a uh, actress, and I think she's one of the co-creators of a Comedy Central show called Broad City that has gotten uh, great reviews from everything I've heard. I've just never been. I don't get to watch a lot of the Comedy Central stuff because it's usually a little more risque, and I don't want my daughter seeing it, so I end up not watching it. But um, Broad City is. Uh, I think she's one of the co-writers of this movie as well, and she's one of the actresses in it. Then, then. The problem is, I think it's Jillian Bell, um, who was in 22 Jump Street and Fist Fight, and um, oh, she's in another, uh, she's in uh, the, the the Night Before with Seth Rogen, she plays Seth Rogen's wife, um, I think it's Jillian Bell, I might be wrong, but she is the reason I'm the least excited about that movie, because she is a one-note pony, 
Um, she picks a joke at the beginning of the film and then she beats it to death throughout oh. the film. Most likely, based on the trailer, she will be the drug addict. Um, she's the one who jumps on the stripper and kills him in the trailer, if you've seen the trailer for that. And, and I... Yeah, it does. I love that she's the fat girl. Yeah, and well, the thing is, she that's not usually the bit she goes for, um, which is, I like that. I like that she is a little chubbier than her her co-stars in that film, but that's not usually the emphasis of her, her jokes, but she beats the jokes to death. In Fist Fight, she is a guidance counselor who is um, makes inappropriate comments, So they're, and they're not usually funny inappropriate comments, and she tries to play it straight where she's like not joking, but that's it's just... She's tedious. That's that's the best description of her watching her in a film. She's tedious. She's funny in 22 Jump Street, but she's really hardly in the movie. She's a minor character who has a major role in the story arc, but she's not on screen a lot. And so she's funnier in small doses. Being a co-lead in that film, I uh, I think it's going to be bad for that reason. It, it just looks like it was bad the first time, so why redo it? That's a valid point because most people haven't seen very bad things. This and something. Yeah, there's a reason for it. Um, something else is they have this thing in Hollywood now where they're remaking all these movies to have to support a female cast. Which I like to see. That's, that... that's fine. That's mm-hmm. great. But pick but why something not that just is better. Make a new than... movie. Yeah, yeah. Both of those are true. Make either a better script or start from you know. Don't do that. And it doesn't have to be an all-female cast like that was in fact that's part of the problem with like those older guy movies is that it was an all-male cast as if to say that men can't enjoy a movie if a woman has a lead role that isn't just the girlfriend or whatever which is i think any intellectually male viewer can enjoy any type of movie regardless of who the lead is and then two that you have to have this like girl power element in order to justify having a strong female protagonist and I don't think that's been proven. Um, Bridesmaids is one of the only exceptions where the female um, ensemble cast really worked. Where, like, you have Ghostbusters, you did all female, and it, it felt contrite. It didn't feel like, oh, this is a really good idea. And this movie looks the same way. Like, okay, yes, women can have fun. In fact, there's two movies that look almost exactly the same coming out this year. One is a f- white female cast, and one is a black female cast. I don't remember the name of that one, but that has Queen Latifah in it, Jada Pinkett. Um, the woman from Hidden Figures, the the lead character in Hidden Figures, I can't think of her name, but she's also on Empire. And then um, there is a fourth. Uh, it's a group of four friends. They go to, to New Orleans during Mardi Gras for like a, I think the woman got dumped. And so this is like her coming back into the world party or whatever. Um, and it it looks funny, but there's like a scene where they're zip lining across the uh, the main street in New Orleans. And um, she gets stuck halfway and she has to pee. So she then pees on the crowd. Like, that's in the trailer. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's that's the best joke you could have written for her. Um, and, you know, Jada Pinkett, not, not the best actress. But Scarlett Johansson is kind of in a uh, doing pretty well. And all of a sudden she's doing this kind of B-comedy. Exactly. And it is surprising. So uh, that is our focus, of course. I wonder, uh, wonder if that's a con- contractual thing or are they... Well, she needed money for diapers or, or something. <laughs> Maybe because I don't feel like she's done. I don't remember her being in a film like that before, yeah. and yeah. I don't mm-hmm. understand why she's doing it now. Well, I gotta say, um, Scarlett Johansson was the actress I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, who almost made my <laughs> list, but uh, she's done a few bad movies. Um, well, I have not seen Lucy. Lucy <laughs> generally was not not loved. Um, the film itself, not necessarily her performance, but Ghost in the Shell, which is I know the film you we just discussed, 
I thought it was mediocre, but the one of my the things that I liked least was her her acting choices. She looks like mm-hmm. I, I'm quoting um, Jeff Kanata from uh, Slash Filmcast here, but uh, he, it looks like she's walking around with a load of poop in her diaper. Like that's the look that she has about her walk and her and it is it is so weird and it it's like she had no idea what she was doing. And now that could be the director telling her to do that. Or that could be a choice she made. Either way, it's bad. It's a generally not so great performance by her in the film. The film's honestly mediocre. It's not necessarily bad. It's just not fantastic. Um, but did you see a mic? No, he I has not. Yet. And the reason I haven't is because of the. I mean, it's been considered a flop, and it's a shame. I, I wanted it not to be, and it's um, that's going by reviews. I, I, I don't know. I, I may go and end up enjoying it. I just haven't yet. Mm. Again, it wasn't it wasn't horrible, but it, it had some bad stuff in it for sure. Um, and it is not the same story from the anime. Mm. It's not completely original. Uh, it has a lot of Hollywood influence on it, though, where they had to have like a uh, a more direct antagonist. And um, the story, the uh, the theme they're exploring in the film is different than the themes um, found in the uh, anime. At least, maybe it's more direct, but. Um, Scarlett Johansson, Corey's number five. I am a fan. Uh, Corey could not sit through one of her best dramatic performances, though, uh, in no, Lost in Translation, which I was actually what almost put her on my list because I loved her in that movie. I thought she was fantastic. So, um, just out with it, Lost in Translation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it's Sorry, I, found, I liked it. So. I liked it a lot, actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't, and I like Bill Murray and Scarlett Johansson. I couldn't yeah. sit through it, guys. I don't turn off a lot of movies. Um, she turned. She didn't make it. I did. Dare you? I did. I, I, just, I can't understand it. Like, there's so many great scenes in that movie, but um, maybe I'll revisit it. Maybe I don't know. It, sometimes it's the the mood you're in when you start a movie because there's That's totally true. Definitely times where like if I I'm watching a movie, I'm like if I had watched this yesterday, I wouldn't have been in the mood to watch this movie, but it worked out really well today. Um, and that definitely influences your take on a film. I mean, I have, Mike stopped Manchester by the Sea because of that same reason. He he was not feeling it when he sat down uh, to watch it. Yeah, I have to be in, uh, for, uh, okay. So I will allow that Lost in Translation since I did. Yeah. Thank you, one. John. <laughs> Thanks. This is what I do. I argue logically. All right, um, uh, Mike, do you have anything to add to the ScarJo uh, list pick? Well, you know, I'm thinking it's funny we have a lot of diaper references. Maybe this is their diaper period of filmmaking, where you know it's. Just, <laughs> oh no, where it's uh, just junk. Yeah. Hey, you have to. Um, what's the saying? I just saw it on the social network. You have to take the bitter with the better. I like that movie. Well, I know that's why I distracted making my list. Um, apparently, I guys, I I'm I'm getting notifications on my watch. I made a little video on Instagram before we started this, like just talking about the podcast, and I'm getting a whole bunch of likes. So, um, I don't know. Apparently, uh, I'm funny. So, <laughs> um, on Twitter, on Instagram and Twitter, but I'm getting all the likes oh. on Instagram because I I used a bunch of hashtags. Um. All right. Cool. Um, I'm gonna look at this fa- the hashtags because yeah. Uh, number f- number five for me is uh, Kristen Wiig. Um. Stop. Oh. Okay. I'm. I'm get- I, I thought she might be on your list. All right. Well, then we you will. Thought? Yeah. Well, I assumed. Um. I also <laughs> okay. have. I, I also expect um Winona Ryder to be on your list, but um. Stop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh for the new listeners, um. What happens is uh, my number five is Kristen Wiig, but somewhere on Corey's list is Kristen Wiig. So we will wait for me to talk about Kristen Wiig until we get to Corey's number. 
um, just so that we're not having to uh, sit silently and wait and talk about her again yeah. later. We'll just do it all at once. Um, you know what? We didn't we didn't do if we thought we'd have uh, any in common. Well, you haven't gone yet, so I guess we can still uh, do it. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with two. Two in common with each other. With everybody. Oh no! I thought that I would know. No, I will still go with. I'll go with one in common. Well, I already know. That's a. You know, you have one. <laughs> we, I knew, but we've talked about. We have talked about her so many times that I would have known anyways. I'm thinking two. Um, that I'm gonna have two in common, possibly with both of you, but at least two in common. That's my thought. So, uh, my number five is Kristen Wiig, but we'll wait to talk about her until we find out where she is on Corey's list. Mike, what is your number five? Uh, well, I was going to say, audience, what's your diagnosis? I'm just curious what they, you know, but we can't interact with them. That's why they need to email <laughs> us. All right, my number five, I just got to say the name. I can't do my clues. Winona Ryder. Oh, uh, wow. Oh. I nailed that. <laughs> Corey? Uh, yep. Stop. Ah, I <laughs> picked that one. I can't believe she's all the way at five, Mike. Hey, when you when you get to my, it was hard. And now you know anybody that knows me, my wife knows she's on my list. If Winona Ryder, you know, um, you know, she finally comes to her senses and realizes it's the dude that I am. My wife understands. I think. I think maybe we haven't had that talk recently. Hmm. <laughs> Awkward. Hmm. So it's time. Hold on. So we just skip both of you guys as number five. So it's my turn for four. I feel like we're playing a game of sorry and we just bumped each other back to the start. <laughs> I feel like this is Corey's show. No, I'm kidding. Um, yes, my number... the, the actresses. Boom. Stand up for women's rights, Corey. Boom. Okay. Girls just, ha just, just want to have fundamental, fundamental rights. rights. I need that shirt. But we should um, point so out. Number... Hold on, Corey. Oh, what? Mike okay, has okay. three pets. Named after female, strong female performers, uh, Fiona Apple, Tori Amos, and Cindy, Cindy Lauper. Lauper. So, I mean, you know. And and David Bowie, even though he's not a female, but he's a strong performer. Word. Then there's the Chihuahua. Who's got the what? chimichanga. So. <laughs> okay. You can tell which animal's the least loved in that house. And, my, and Corey. Oh, no. And not a single one are used as my passwords in my strike guys. All right. <laughs> Hey, Corey, um, what is your I number can't. four? I'm sorry. My number four, I feel like I, I don't think she's going to be on either of your list. Naomi Watts? No, but um, she is coming. Uh, she's great, but mm -hmm. not on my list. She has a new movie coming out called Book of Henry that I am extremely excited for. Um, and go ahead, talk, and that, then. No, that's it. That's I'm just extremely excited for it. <laughs> I am so excited for that one, too. Um, As soon as you shared that with me. I was super stoked because I love her, but I also love Lee Pace. And I feel like he hasn't had any work in a little while. Is so that I'm the super, super kid or is that the adult? No. Okay. The adult. Because the kid, um, there's two kid actors in it who I'm huge fans of. Jacob, Trem Jacob Tremblay um, from Room. And then the other kid is from St. Vincent, whose name I can never remember. But he is fantastic in St. Vincent with um, Melissa McCarthy. He's Melissa McCarthy's son in that movie with uh, Bill Murray. And... The relationship that he develops with Bill Murray is so great, and so um, he's he is Henry. He's the titular character in that film, who is supposed to be a super genius, and it looks great. But we're talking about Naomi Watts. So Corey, why is no Naomi Watts number four on your list? Apparently, I really like Bond, ladies. I'm just kidding. But um, uh, the first that I noticed of her was The Ring, which we've already talked about. I had to go and see twice in the theaters because it scared me. <laughs> but um, I loved her in that, and then she was in The Ring too. Which was not as great, but still. Um, I love her in Funny Games, which 
our friend Brendan told me about. And that movie also has Tim Roth, so I'm going to keep selling that to you. Um, Mulholland Drive, which I need one of you guys to watch that so we can talk about it, please. Um, Tank Girl, which is ridiculous. We need to talk about it because I have questions. (laughs) Um, Tank Girl, which is ridiculous, but it also has Laurie Petty, and I like it anyways. And I'm going to probably get some hate mail about this, but Birdman was not my favorite movie that year. No, no. There's actually a lot of people who didn't think it deserved to be Best Picture. I liked it a lot, but a lot of people agreed with that. Um, and she has definitely pulled me into some movies that I probably wouldn't have seen if not for her. Um, like like last year's horror film, uh, Shut In, in. which was horrible. One of the worst horror movies ever. Shut In, it was a, uh, like a November release. It, 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 it's horrible. It's got like a one or something on Rotten Tomatoes. It's so, so bad. And it it has... Probably sold more tickets than Shia LaBeouf's recent. Oh, I mean, I bought a ticket, you know. Yeah. Um, and that also had Jacob Tremblay in it too. So yeah. I'm hoping he get that this book of Henry is good, and he keeps getting good work. Cause and then I saw Well, We're Young because she's in it, and I like Ben Stiller sometimes. Sometimes. I've, I I want to watch that actually, cause uh, it's Jesse Eisenberg too, or oh. Andy Samberg. No. Is it Andy Samberg? Is somebody no. I like is in it. It's the guy who plays Kylo Ren. Oh, Adam Driver. Adam Driver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, him. I like him. And it has Amanda Seyfried, I think. I do not like her. I I cannot stand her. Um, Really? Yes. Especially after Lame. I love her. I love her in Mean Girls, though. Yes. Karen, great. Fantastic. Stand her after what? Um, Les Mis. She's the, oh, oh, oh. she's, uh, Hugh Jackman's daughter in Les Mis and her singing is a, an atrocity to music. Um, by the way, I don't Why know if you saw have her sing then. I, I don't know. Uh, it's what I asked about most of that movie. I'm like, why are they casting these people? Um, Twin Peaks, uh, Naomi Watts is supposed to be on one episode in the new coming series, guys. I don't know if you knew yes, that. Yes, I think everyone yeah. in Hollywood. Oh, they have, at some point. It, yeah, there's a great, like, um, they're great. Oh my God! Like they probably dug, <laughs> dug people up to be in it. Well, Corey, you know what's interesting? Um, Naomi yes. Watts was in Saint Vincent, and I'd never realized it because yeah. she, she plays was... a Russian actress. Um, so oh. she works with that kid again. So she's working with two kids she's worked with before um, in Book of Henry. So that's interesting. Hmm. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to that one. But I really like her, and I definitely go to see movies because she's in it. Sometimes. Well, you know, I regret that. She's one that I I don't think I realize. Like, cause I love Demolition. A lot of people hated Demolition from 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved it and didn't realize she was the female lead in that. Um, she's great. Uh, St. Vincent I'm a big fan of that she's in. Obviously, I just mentioned that. Um, skimming through here. Well, I guess those are the two movies that I didn't know she was in. So that might be why. I still haven't seen Funny Games. That's on my list to watch, though. Um, I didn't. I couldn't sit through the Peter Jackson King Kong, so I haven't seen that. But apparently okay. she's the lead in that one. It's, it's she gets points definitely for being in a David Lynch film. So I have not, and seen even it. having watched it multiple times, I don't know if I could have any answers to your question. And I haven't seen it. See, and I ask people who are like, "Oh my god, I love that movie. It's such a great movie. I love it so much." And then I ask questions, and I get, "Well, watch it again." And I'm like, "No, no, no, <laughs> don't tell me that, because I just watched it twice, and you just don't want to tell me that you don't know." I'll, All be, right. I'll be honest, I don't always get David Lynch stuff. I continue yeah. to watch it. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but uh, some of it makes sense. Some of it, uh, thank goodness for the internet now, because way back when, when it was originally, you know, when some of the stuff was originally done, Eraserhead, I mean, you know, that's even still. I know it's a comment on the human condition. Well, 
in my estimation, a comment on the human condition and whatnot. But we're, that's not. We'll I will get sidetracked. Okay, yeah, we're getting sidetracked. So let's uh, move in. T- um, I don't know. I don't have anything else to add, to Naomi Watts, but that's a solid pick for sure, Mike. Do you have anything to add before we move on to my number four? No, she's great. She didn't even make a dent on my lists either. Uh, I honestly didn't make an honorable mentions list. Yeah, I, I have I, enough time making the five. I have a massive honorable mentions list. So I'll cover yours. Um, I'm going to go to my yeah. number four. And let's see if uh, I, I actually get to speak this time. Um, Tilda Swinton. Okay. I don't have her, but I love her and I thought about it. Um, The reason she's on my list is... Um, everything I've seen her and she's so different and like half the time I don't even recognize it's her until I look it up um, because she plays such different characters and she's so immersive uh, the best example of that is Snowpiercer um, where <sighs> she's almost unrecognizable in that film um, and she's she's so into the characters that she's playing whether we're talking the ancient one where she uh, I think she actually shaved her head I'm not sure might have been just a bald cap but it looks great she looks great bald to be honest and um, she's so into every performance that I've seen that if she is in a movie, I am more inclined to watch it. Now that said, I have not seen tons of her films um, because she has a pretty extensive list of movies. Um, 75 is what she's billed for. Now she's currently listed to be in the, the next Wes Anderson film, which is called Isle of Dogs. That's coming out in 2018, um, which I'm very excited about because it has several of uh, actors and actresses that I'm a fan of, including Edward Norton, um, who is a regular in the Wes Anderson uh, oeuvre. Um, she was Tilda Swinton played two characters in Hail Caesar from last year, and she's fantastic in both. Uh, she is in Trainwreck for a little bit, Grand Budapest Hotel. I love. Um, again, she's fantastic in Snowpiercer, Moonrise Kingdom because she's in the, another Wes Anderson film, uh, Junkie. Uh, she's also a Cohen Junkie. Those are two, uh, two well, technically three directors because the Coens are two people, and then Wes Anderson. But she's in Burn After Reading as well, and uh. One of the first performances that I remember seeing with her is in Chronicles of Narnia because she plays the the White Witch, and um, she's horrifying in that movie um, and really great villain. And also uh, Gabriel in Constantine, um, and she's yes. g- really great in that. Probably film. the best part of it, probably yeah. Um, although I do like Rachel Weisz, even though she is kind of whiny in that movie. But um, she's also in Broken Flowers, which I just watched, it's a Jim Jarmusch film with uh, with Bill Murray. And I just every time she's in something, she makes it better. Um, I I will I know for a fact now as uh, every time I see her name on a on a film, that film gets added to my watch list because she does great stuff. Now there's movies of hers that I've not seen that I'm actively trying to watch. Like um, we need to talk about Kevin. I think is what it's called. Uh, where that's supposed on my to, list to watch as well. Yep, and a bigger splash from uh, 2015 with her Ray Fiennes. Um, the girl from the Fifty Shades movies, whose name I never remember, and um, there's another dude in it. I'm trying to think, looking it up because I wanted to see that, but I don't think that that ever came to my. It didn't get a big theater. theater release, but it is out. I think it's on HBO or Stars right now, and I've been meaning to watch it. But um, the premise does it's it's one that there's going to be likely sex scenes in it, especially because of the girl from Fifty Shades that seems to be her thing, and um. It's like, well, I have to pick a better time to watch it, you know, where it's less likely to be intrusive. But again, Tilda Swinton just plays these amazing characters. She's a very immersive actress, and she makes the film better. So Tilda Swinton is my number four. Just as a tip for your one film, watch it on your laptop. We're in testing season. Get your testing blinder. Blinders <laughs> up, and you can put them with the headphones. No. No, because, yeah, we get fired for doing that kind of stuff. <laughs> no, oh. not during the test. Oh, okay. House. I misunderstood. 
Got it. Not oh no, not that you're te- no. You have to watch them when they're testing. <laughs> yes, what well, I was confused, but I was like, all right, Mike, whatever. <laughs> uh, um, Mike is a rule file follower. I think more of a rule follower than you. I don't know if that's possible. Um, rule following is my thing. I like I rep that. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I want to add that she was in another one of Jim Jarmusch. I can't say his name. Jarmusch. Is that correct? Yeah. Jarmusch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Jim Jarmusch. Okay. Um, in Only Lovers Left Alive, mm. which I keep telling you to watch, and it also has Mia Wasikowska, Wasikowska and um, oh my God, Tom Hiddleston. Oh yeah, I actually really want to watch and that Tom one. Her. That's the rock musician and Anton one. Yolchin. Yeah, that's on my list and has been on my list for a while now because it's the vampire like rock musician thing, right? Yes. Yeah, I really want to see that. Um, Ew. And they're oh, remaking Suspiria, and she's gonna be in it. Uh, well, she's in it, then I guess, but. One of those that probably shouldn't I be. I love remade. that it, it says Suspiria is an upcoming horror film, and it's like, guys, it's a remake. Call it what it is. It has Chloe Grace Moretz in it, too, and Mia Goth. Um, that might be in production hell, then, because I don't think Chloe Grace is, is doing anything right much. now. Oh, and Dakota Johnson. That was the girl from uh, Fifty Shades that I forgot her name. Yeah. Um, but, hmm. okay. Yeah, I don't. It's possible that movie's in production hell, and it's not going to see the light of day, so don't don't hold too much hope for that one. Um, it says distributed by Amazon Studios. Oh, well maybe they finished it before Chloe Grace uh, went a little crazy and stopped doing movies. Um, oh. Because she dropped, my understanding was she dropped every project that was pending. Um, oh, shoot. Including the Little Mermaid remake because she was supposed to be Ariel. But mm. the live action take, the uh, Disney live action. Because there's another live action Little Mermaid coming out that's not based on the Disney story. Um, all right, that's my number four. Mike, what you got for number four? All right, let's get back to my too many things shutting down on me. There we go. My number four is Natalie Portman. Ah. I should have guessed, but I didn't. Okay. Well, I mean, kind of referring back to my number five because she's one that got her start really early, you know, very young. And yep. um, uh, 1994's Leon or The Professional. I, I, You know, as much as I know it's called Leon, I always go with The Professional because that's how it was released here. Mine says, and, my movie says Leon the professional. the professional. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never seen it referred to that way. I've always seen it either as Leon or the professional. Uh, and it was just to see someone that young. What was she? Um, was she 12, I think, at that point? I think so. I think she was 12 to be able, because she only had a little bit of time with her and, um, oh my gosh, Gary Oldman? Yeah. No. No. Uh, she's Gary Oldman's the villain, but. Right, right. She okay. only had a little bit of at the most a few moments but that to be you know would be able to hold her own at that age mm, yeah and john, i wasn't familiar at all with john reno john, john yeah i think john, john. um I've, said, I've heard reno or renault so i actually kind of like the renault sound uh it was just something to, to to view and throughout her whole career she's held her own against some pretty significant talent which is i'm not saying that she can't or wouldn't be able to it's just someone that young to be able to do that and has gone through a slew of work uh not everything has been a winner and again i was looking at mostly the breadth the width the kinds of work because i think she went from the professional to heat which had robert de niro and al pacino as her father um and you know that was a tough role because it wasn't just her character had some definite problems and uh to then Mars Attacks, which Jack Nicholson played her president father, Glenn Close, her mother. It's just she has had this career 
and just anything she does there's one uh, whether it's i don't think it got a wide release beautiful girls so awkward because i think there's i think it's tim Mathie, tim matheson i think it was michael rapaport tim matheson um who's the girl that was in the goonies we just what's her name oh martha uh, plimpton thank you i shouldn't forget her name because she's pretty good she was in it it was definitely like an ensemble it was kind of a comedy drama but to see someone of the one actor's age be interested in someone as young as Natalie Portman was a little, and I might be misconstruing it, but it just was just had an air of creepiness to it. Um, to Thor, which was my, one of my least favorite of the Marvel MCU mm-hmm. uh, properties, but to see her included, and in, I wish they had also. I know they've kind of written her off and kind of explained her off, but or um, I haven't seen Black Swan, which is I know it's kind of a sin. Because I'm a Darren Aronofsky fan, I need to get into that. I know there was, I didn't realize there was controversy with her, her the dance scenes and whatnot. But mm. what kind of controversy? Some, as in the amount, the percentage of dancing she actually did versus what a stand-in did. Oh, to me, yeah, I the stand-in claiming that the stand-in had done eighty percent of it versus the five percent she claims. But honestly, I would still watch it. I, most of the, an actor is not typically doing their own stunts and they may not always do. I mean, there's going to be and, body doubles for certain things. So, and also ballet isn't something that you can generally it, jump into with six months of practice. And absolutely. You're right. Neither is That's jazz like piano said Ryan Sorry? Gosling. I'm just pointing out that Ryan Gosling learned to play the jazz piano for La La Land in like six months. So whatever, you know, you know what, you know what, Ryan Reynolds, I mean, Gosling, we're talking about actresses. I know. So I want to jump in. Um, I mm, I want to say about Black Swan, it was really good, but Darren Aronofsky has this thing that I can't really rewatch his movies, you know, and that was definitely one of those that I didn't need to rewatch, but really? it was good. And it has our girl Winona in it. It's a small part, but. Ooh. Well, here's the yeah, thing. I should have watched it. I okay. own it. I bought it last year, but Natalie Portman is an actress who's on my list of honorable mentions. Because I know she's great, like I, I, but I hadn't seen a lot of her films until I've only still seen a few of them. Um, I watched all of all of the Star Wars prequels, which we of course try to act like they don't exist. They're um, real. I saw uh, last year. I finally watched V for Vendetta. Loved her in that. <gasps> so good. Yeah, I need to watch that. I finally. Oh wow. See, so you, sometimes made... I'm so surprised at the gaps in your list, Mike. Yeah, that one's one I thought you would have been a huge fan of. Um, I watched Leon the Professional on New Year's Eve this year. Uh, my last movie of the year for my challenge um and she was fantastic in that i still haven't seen jackie from this year which i've heard nothing but well from last year which i've heard nothing but great things about her performance i've heard mixed things about the movie itself um i haven't seen black swan and i haven't seen the the movie you just said a movie mike that i now forget oh uh the heat or not the heat just heat, just heat. i have still not seen that movie and that is one that i feel is a gap from my heist movies um it's a gap for a lot of people praise that film because pacino and de niro were in that right Pacino, De Niro, Val Kilmer, yeah, well, Danny Trejo. I don't think people are worried um, about the last two you just said so much, but uh, <laughs> Pacino and what? De Niro. Val Kilmer has his movies, and I think that's one of the ones that people look to when they think of his goodness. But he's had he's kind of fallen off for big chunks of, of the years that he's been around. Um, Danny Trejo, while great, is also like, he's like silly great more often than he's like well-regarded as an actor. Um but see, uh, I see, you know, the thing with Danny Trejo, it makes it seem like I need to spend some time in San Quentin 
so I can get arrest, you know, arrested Hollywood style <laughs> and get some roles yeah. and film. Because he, um, he has a I'll, scary I'll be, persona. I'll, I'll be Guzman's, uh, what's that guy's name? He was in, oh man, how can I not remember this guy? I'll be, you know, someone's cousin, uncle or something. I, man, I've been overlooked because I'm not the right color. I'm the right gender. Word. Ooh, um, <laughs> but, uh, Natalie Portman is an actress who I think I could love more if I see some of these other films that I'm missing and obviously looking forward to what she might do next um, because when she does something she's great and the things I've seen I, I definitely enjoy but she didn't make my list mainly because I just feel like I haven't seen enough of her work compared to the other actresses on my list with that I, I, I feel like I've watched as 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 because I, I did miss Jackie you missed I quite a miss, few it seems Black Swan uh, V for Vendetta yep. Black Swan some big ones but I've seen her in enough other ones to for me to know that, yeah, she's going to be on my list. Word. All right. Uh, Corey, you got anything to add to Natalie Portman? No. All right. Well, let's go to your number three. Oh, right. I think this is, I think this is the lady you have. Um, I chose Kristen Wiig. Ah, great. So you can go first and then I'll talk next. Okay. Um, she can definitely go from absolutely breaking my heart one second to making me laugh in such a quick succession. But, um, I, Love so thank you for um finally making me watch Whip It because I wanted to see that when it came out in theaters and I never got to it and then it just kind of fell off for me. I love Bridesmaids even though I feel like I don't generally love kind of buddy comedy type of films. Mm. I um love her in The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which I know Big is a time. remake, but I love it anyways. Welcome to Me, which I think is absolutely hilarious. And I love the storyline. It's a little ridiculous. The Skeleton Twins. And Welcome to Me and Skeleton Twins were both released the same year. So, oh. And then also she, the mom she plays in Diary of a Teenage Girl. Yep. That was one of the selling points for me to go see that movie. And that was kind of a hard movie to absorb. But I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, so I just really enjoy her. I think she's a great comedian. Um, she does definitely have some of those i can't think of any off the top of my head but some movies that aren't that great yeah but i think any of our picks are going to have that and yeah definitely yeah it just depends on how uh career impacting i think those bad roles are um kristen wig though i i you said most of the movies i really wanted to mention but she is um so versatile and i think that's she had a stigma of being a funny actress and that was it um, and she's broken out of that because she's done a few dramas. Like, I think people went to see Skeleton Twins because it's Bill Hader and Kristen Wiig. It's like, oh, those people are so funny. And you watch it, and it's like, oh, my God, this movie's freaking soul-crushing, um, but in a not in a negative way. Like, it's a really great experience of a film, but it is sad, and it deals with very sad subject matter. Um, and those two actors get to be these dramatic characters without having... They still have funny moments, but it's not a comedy, and it's I love that about her... Um, versatility and uh, she also does some great voice acting as she is one of the twins in um, the how to train a dragon film um and so you know she's great and she's also in the despicable me um it looks like she's in despicable me and the minions or something i don't know she must be connected to it um and secret life of walter mitty uh oh and oh my god and let's not forget her cameo in her as the sexy cat lady um (laughs) where she's Mm -hmm. she has like uh he's attempting to have phone sex and she starts saying something about like meowing like a cat. I don't remember. I just remember uh, I'm listening. I'm like, that's Kristen Wiig. Like I know her voice. That is Kristen and Wiig, and I'll, it killed me. I haven't seen it, but Paul. Oh, I love Paul. Um, and 
a lot of people hate Paul, but I am a huge Simon Pe- Pegg and Nick Frost uh, fan. As anyone who's listened to this podcast or read any of my stuff about the Edgar Wright's films knows, I'm a huge fan of theirs. So, Paul, uh, you had Seth Rogen as an alien and then Kristen Wiig as a eye patch wearing uh, Christian crazy person. Um, and you get some funny comedy. And I, it's, it's silly. It's over the top. You get Jason Bateman in the film as well. Um, Bill Hader also actually is in the movie. Um, and it's, I, I enjoy Paul. I'm not saying it's a masterpiece or anything, but I, I like it. Um, for what it is, I mean, it's, I need to finish it. Yeah, well, well, that's not a good sign, but um, it, it worked for me. It, it made me laugh, and that's all I was looking for. Um, there's also some crazy twists in the in the plot structure. I don't want to spoil anything, but there is a uh, famous sci-fi actress that shows up in the film. So, um, but yeah, Kristen Wiig, uh, my number five, Corey's number three. She is versatile. Uh, we like a lot of the same movies. Um, Paul being one that you haven't seen that I do love. I also love Diary of a Teenage Girl and her performance in it as this very broken mother. Oh, um, and I totally, sorry, no. I forgot to mention also I watched a movie I think last year with her in it called Girl Most Likely, which was pretty funny. Um, her boyfriend breaks up with her, so she has to go from living her glamorous New York life to moving back in with her dysfunctional mother and grown brother back in their small like oceanside hometown and it's pretty funny and there was another movie i watched that was more dramatic that i didn't really enjoy but i can't remember the name of it though yeah and there's several of her films that i haven't seen um like that you mentioned the one uh the dramatic one that came out the same year um welcome to me which is one i really want to watch oh um, yeah and then uh there's a couple other ones i can't think of which ones they are a uh, girl most likely is one i haven't seen that i really want to watch that looks like it would be good um, but, and then she's got a, a lot of stuff pending right now. So, you know, hopefully we'll be seeing some more stuff with her. Um, one comedy that I, I completely thought would be awful was McGruber and I've not sat through it, but I've heard several different movie podcasts who rave about the, uh, comedy in that film and she's one of the co-stars in it. So I might end up giving that movie a chance. It's Will Forte and Kristen Wiig, um, with, it's basically a MacGyver parody from Saturday Night Live. It was a Saturday Night Live sketch they made into a feature. Um, I've not seen it, but I've heard it's pretty funny. I've heard that as well. And again, man, I'm revealing a lot of gaps in my <laughs> film viewing. We're just here to help you out. Are you um Are you a fan of Kristen Wiig, Mike? I've liked her in what I've seen. I've been very hesitant still to this day about watching Bridesmaids because of mm. I was everybody, too. Everybody's raved about it. And I'm like, I think it holds up. Uh, Chris O'Dowd, isn't it? Um, who I am a big, you know, from the IT crowd. Uh, he he plays a cop that has an interest in Kristen Wiig, and their 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 story arc is one of my favorites. Um, and it, it's it's really good. I have to say, like I've watched it a few times. It's one that if it's on, my wife will put it on. Like if it's on USA or whatever, she'll have it on, and I enjoy it every time. Um, there's a lot of there's a um, it's made me question ever eating at one of those Brazilian like the Texas Day Brazil <laughs> type places where they just bring oh, the yeah, meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a food poisoning sequence that is uh, what hilarious um, and disgusting, but hilarious. Oh my God. What is... Okay, so before I watched Bridesmaids, it was described to me as the female version. I can't even remember. What's that movie that takes place in Vegas with Zach Galifianakis? The Hangover. I hate that movie with a passion. This I wouldn't I say it. It, it should be compared to that, though, because there's no... Figure it would be more like the bat, uh, like Bachelor Tom Hanks Bachelor Party way back when. But see, it's the Bachelor, the Bachelorette Party is one very small sequence in the film. It, it is more about, um, it is a woman whose everything is going wrong in her life, and then her best friend, everything seems to be going right, where she gets engaged, and she's supposed to be the maid of honor, 
but her life is like falling apart so she's not doing a great job of being made made of honor and then um there is a new like kind of threatening new best friend and so there's this feeling of like losing more like she's already losing everything else in her life and now her best friend she's losing her best friend to the husband but she's also losing her best friend to another woman who can offer more more uh support in the way of being a maid of honor than Kristen Wiig can stability yeah and so um she's Maya Rudolph plays her best friend uh Maya Rudolph is a fantastic actress who I um often ends up as like more of a side character but she's uh She's really great in this movie, and it's it's definitely Kristen Wiig's story, though. It is her character that we're following, and it's also uh, Rebel Wilson makes her first appearance, I think, in film, um, in Bridesmaids. Luckily, it's a very small part, and it is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but uh, trying to sell this on me, so yeah, no, she's good in this. The, yeah, I think she's you'll enjoy family. it. Everyone is playing to Kristen Wiig's role because it's this woman whose life is spiraling out of control, and she doesn't. Her relationship situations are bad. She's dating John Hamm, kind of, when the movie begins, um, and he's fantastic in this jerk role. Um, it's just it's a it's a great a great group of characters. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy is this is the first time I remember seeing her on film, mm-hmm. and I, she's hilarious. She's funny in this yes, one. She's super funny in this one, and then it has um, oh, Aaron from The Ellie Office. Kemper. Is that yeah yeah Ellie Kemper? And then uh, there's a, a woman who was in Reno Nine One One, and then she was on. Um, I can't think of her name. She's in we something else. Clinton Covey. Yes, uh, she's. Oh man, her character in this movie because each each woman is playing an archetype of like the you know usually you get them with the guy movies like uh, at like a bachelor party there's the guy who makes all the wife is the the like getting married is like being in prison jokes which is Bradley Cooper in The Hangover and then you have the the wild one and then you have you know which is Melissa McCarthy's character you have the innocent like one which is Ellie Kemper's character. Um, and so they they fill out the rest of the arcs, and it, it's it's really really great. So not to oversell a movie that's already pretty been oversold, um, but it is it is a pretty funny movie. We'll have to see when I make time for it. Well, let's uh, move into my number three because we did spend a lot of time with Kristen Wiig there. My number three is Ellen Page. Nice pick. Okay, you guys did not have her on your list. All right. Um, no. So there are still movies of hers that I've not seen, but she's in some of my favorite uh, lead female roles, including Juno, uh, Whip It, which Corey just mentioned um, for Kristen Wiig, and uh, she I I keep forgetting she's in Inception because I've only watched Inception once, but I love her in that movie, and then uh, a crazy indie film called Super that I really really loved, um, and then uh, Into the Woods I watched uh, not Into the Woods hold on it's Into the Forest um, I watched not too long ago and. She's just she when she's on screen she plays characters that I really love. I always end up up. Oh, and I just recently watched Hard Candy, which freaking yes. amazing well, yeah, performance. That, that. Um, I, she's she is definitely an actress who, if she is in a movie, I put that movie on my to watch list. I'm going to see at some point. I will see every major film she's done, um, and anything she's coming out with. I am a big fan. Um, I, you know, Juno uh, is still one of my favorite films, even though. It does get some heat um, by being maybe too cute or too quirky um, for its own good, but I enjoy it, and so I'm I'm I don't care what those people think. Um, it's a film that I find her performance to be very entertaining, and that's true of most films uh, that she's in. Whip it, I love her character there. Um, Into the Forest is an interesting movie, not a perfect film, but definitely one that's worth watching. And uh, one film that I'm going to be watching soon is Tallulah, which is a Netflix original. With um, I think Susan Sarandon is her mom or something like that in that one that looks really good. So um, 
It was different. It was different to see her in that. Oh, you watched it? Because she didn't see. Uh, I've gotten. It's not a sign as to its quality. I've gotten through. I'd say about half of it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I watch a movie the way I read my books. Got it. And then I kind of stack them, and I'm like, oh, well, something shiny distracts me. And she's also. I haven't seen yet, but a film that I've been planning on watching is My Life as a Zucchini, which was nominated for Best Animated Film at the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes last year, and um. She play, she's apparently the voice of Rosie, which I'm assuming is in the American dubbed version because I think it is a French film. Um, but I, uh, you know, again, if she's in it, I'm likely to watch it. I, I enjoy her as an actress. Um, she does really strong performances and often plays characters that I'm a fan of. Again, if uh, the movie Super with Rain Wilson is a, a, just a crazy take on the superhero genre, um, yep. it, it's oh, nuts. Yeah. And her role in that film is particularly crazy and. Uh, yeah, she cracks me up. Not not always cracking me up in that film, but she's just when she's on screen, my eyes are glued to what she's gonna do. I just I'm just fixated well, on her. I mean, you're talking about how crazy it is, and just definitely unexpected to see several things that she does and what happens. Yeah, and um, I think versatility with her uh, because uh, Into the Forest is a very dramatic film, um, post-apocalyptic setting. Um, and then you have Juno. That's where the one with her, her sister, and her dad in the house. Yeah, and the the what happens if the power is yeah. suddenly taken away? Yeah. Um, and that guy. Oh, that guy. Oh that guy. man, there's some really great, very hard movie to watch all the way through. Hard Candy though, where she is so tough, and she you don't expect her to be this tough, like kick-ass little girl, and she is. And uh, what she does in that movie is is so intense and impressive that she can carry that kind of weight, you know. And she does have, she still has her snarky kind of attitude, but it's in a, it's in a menacing kind of way. And it's um, why I, I think I love when she's in a film. She's going to bring, her personality is always going to be there, but it's going to fit into the space of the film. And that's what I love. Because in um, Inception, I don't recall her being snarky. She's, that's like one of the few movies where like her snarky kind of comedy does not come into to the character at all. Um she's much more subdued and same thing even as Kitty Pride in the X-Men movies, which she doesn't ever get to really star uh, as Kitty Pride because it's such a big ensemble cast, but she does show up in um, the, the third one. I don't remember what it's called all of a sudden. And then um, days of future past, she is prominent, but still doesn't get a whole lot of dialogue, but it's a shame that Kitty Pryde, um, I really love, and they never included Lockheed, which her dragon. Yeah, no, they, they left the dragon out and, Oh man, kind of a wasted opportunity for her. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, well, she's pivotal. She's pivotal in Days of Future Past, but yeah. they don't give her nearly as much. Her powers are more pivotal than she is. Like it's what she's able to do that's pivotal to the story. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of true even in in what the crap is the third one? The Last Days? Last? I cannot think of what the third movie's called. It's the one nobody likes. Oh, uh, um, the Last Stand. Last Stand. That's it. She has one moment with the Juggernaut, which is one of the worst parts of that movie. Was the the Juggernaut character? But I'm the Juggernaut. Yeah. And um, leave the other pun. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my number three. I know both of you are fans of hers, but let's move on to Mike's number three. What you got, Mike? All right. Um, Sally Field. Ooh. I I have her on my honorable mention. Okay, I will continue. So for me, I mean, I can very clearly remember the first time she caught my attention. It was on my way old black and white. TV. TV, uh, I can't even, there's a few inches in screen diameter, um, watching reruns of Gidget and the Flying Nun. So yeah. that was in the 80s, and she caught my attention then. So I was already drawn in TV series-wise. And then, you know, oh, she's in Smokey and the Bandit, which is, I wouldn't say a pinnacle of her career, but, you know, they are, for what it's worth, you know, entertaining, mindless kind of deals. But from 
there, I mean, whether it's playing Mama Gump, Aunt May, um, she has had an enormous amount of roles, whether they're comedic, dramatic. Um, I don't know. I couldn't recall of anything sci-fi she'd come up you know. But really, when it comes to comedy, drama, anything that she's involved with, I just love to watch her. I've loved to watch her since I was a kid. And, I mean... I, I was shocked, you know, that they cast her as Aunt May. But let me see. Um, Not Without My Daughter, which was a melodramatic based on a true story. Or there's one where she faces off against um, Kiefer Sutherland. And I'm trying to think of it because he is um, on trial for murdering her daughter. And what is the name of that one? Uh, it's one I haven't seen in so long. Uh, but just thinking about that kind of loss, it, it was very reminiscent to me of a kind of kill in a sense where, you know, someone lost their child. And eye for an eye. Thank you. That was it. Um, just all the different little bit, whether it's a small little role or a main, you know, role that she's a takes the comedic take uh, ex-wife of uh, Robin Williams we talked about last week and Mrs. Doubtfire mm-hmm. uh, Steel Magnolias which I won't say is one of my favorites but it does have its moments She, I would watch it for her again um, I'll uh, tell you what you need to check out and Corey didn't like it but my uh, Brendan who is ugh. a friend of the podcast and myself uh, we're both big fans of 2015's Hello My Name Is Doris um, I think you would enjoy it, Mike. Uh, I, I still can't figure out what Corey hates about it, except that they're making, <laughs> they are poking fun at hipster culture, and so maybe she took it personal. But um, I didn't. I just <laughs> thought it was too much. I, I was she adorable it. in the movie? Yes, but that you know she's always great. Um, but she plays a uh, an older lady who well she she plays looking her at age and wanting to chase someone much smaller, younger. Than yes, her. but there's more like the the, her, the character is a lot more complex because she is a hoarder. Um, and so, uh, dealing with that and dealing with her kind of mis- not understanding brother, um, after her mother passes and like, they're wanting to sell the house and she's, that's her home. But, um, it's, there's a lot going on in the film. She's a very complex character, but yeah, she does fall in love with, uh, the dude from, um, the Zoe Deschanel TV show, uh, the uh, new girl. Yes. Yeah. Just... The dude's see, name. See, see, she's got a lot of bad. Corey's got a lot of baggage against. Yeah, he. he... Field. <laughs> well, it's not. Sally I know, Field. actually. It's the uh, it's the guy that I think she immediately doesn't like. But, um, oh. I I have to say when I saw Hello, My Name Is Doris, I went. It it came to the mall, which was surprising because it was a very small indie film. Um, I went on a Sunday, and by sheer coincidence, Brendan sat next to me. Um, and. You know, we know each other through Corey initially, and it was like, what? Um, that's weird that you would end up at the same movie and sitting right next to me. Uh, but that, is weird. that did, that was actually, it was about this time uh, last year that we saw it because it was right before the film festival. That's how we ended up he's, going to see The Lobster he's together. He's sitting right next to you right now, isn't he? Oh, hey, Brendan. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> creepy. And the funny part is he will likely listen to this and be like, what? So, <laughs> I don't remember being there. Be, oh, God. Yeah, but, um, it was a movie that I really liked, and since you're a fan of Sally Field, I highly recommend, Mike. I think you will enjoy it. It, it should be nice. – it's definitely available for rent. I don't know if it's on any of those, the uh, the network channels or not. but It is on Prime Video. Boom. Oh, doom. Hey. Watch it as fast as possible, man, and let, let um, Corey no. know that it's great and she's wrong. I don't care if I'm wrong. <laughs> I don't care if I'm the only person in the world that doesn't like the movie. I don't like it. Um, but I grew up on Sally Field. Um, my mom was a big fan, and I do love Steel Magnolias. The whole cast is amazing, and her playing that part as the mother with the daughter and, you know, just trying to talk sense into her um, and kind of going against what, you know, 
she wants to do. And um, I've always wanted to see Sybil, but I never get around to it. And she had, I think... Um, yeah, classic role. Oof. Yeah, see? Um, it was re re um, reissued, I think, about 10 or so years ago. And I just never got around to it because I think it was out of print before that. But um, I can't even think of all the films that she's been in that, you know, I grew up. Oh, well, of course, Forrest Gump. But I loved her growing up. So I think she's a great actress. I just don't feel like I've seen enough of her work, sadly. When, when you said you grew up on Sally Field, I, like, I picture you running through like a big empty lot. <laughs> like, a weird sign. That's Sorry, like, Sally my mom Field. was a fan. Um, it, that could have gone. So. All right. Oh, oh, go ahead. And I forgot she played Mary Todd Lincoln in 2012's Lincoln. I saw that, yep. which I didn't realize. Which I, I, sh- I still feel guilty for not having Daniel Day-Lewis on my top five actors because I do think he's amazing. Just has not done as many movies um, as I think <laughs> he could uh, because of he's so, being such a method actor. He's very, yeah, he's, and he's not into comedies or any of those. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, Buffalo Bill and I think Buffalo Bill, right, in Gangs of New York and then um, Lincoln – and uh, there will be blood. Just amazing performance. Um, you know, he's a he's a guy who I like quite a bit, but I ha- I don't think he has enough uh, films that I've seen for me to have given him a spot. But let's move on to Corey's number two um, for her top five a- actresses. I don't feel like this is going to be a surprise, but it's Molly Ringwald. Oh, oh. I <laughs> I can hear the sadness in Mike's voice. Um, I grew up watching her. My mom introduced me to Pretty in Pink, and it still holds as one of my favorite movies ever. Everyone knows that I freaking love Ducky, and if anyone ever saying, you know, Otis writing to me in the middle of a record store, yes, I will marry you. Um, oh. <laughs> but <laughs> um, Samantha, would be weird if people just start showing up at your office. Please just do it. Just do it. I will give you the address of my local independent record uh, store. Uh, um, <laughs> Guys, I just want someone to sing to me. Bill um, is worried. Some... Yeah. <laughs> My husband is shy. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and then we... 16 Candles isn't my favorite Molly Ringwald movie, even though it is for someone... Just because Pretty in Pink is on such a pedestal for me. Um, and it has Iona in it, and Iona's great, too. But I appreciate The Breakfast Club as I get older. Um, I love it. It has a great soundtrack. She kind of always kind of plays the same kind of character, but I mean, she was a teenager, so I am, I'm glad. I haven't seen any of her um, more recent work, though. I know that she was in that um, television show, is it Diary of an American Teenager or something, or Story Life? Oh, uh, Secret Life of American Teenager is the show oh, she yeah, was in. Yeah, Shailene Woodsley, and yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I, I, pre- I appreciated that she was in it, because I love her, but. Yeah, and I'm glad she's still working, because I think she's great. And she's a jazz musician or singer, so there's that. But yeah, so hmm. my number two is Molly Ringwald. Very nice. I love her. I always have. Um, when it came, you know, post John Hughes involvement, and if you haven't seen this, this this hole in your viewing will be forgiven because you shouldn't have to suffer. She was in a movie with Andrew McCarthy, which I finally watched a few months ago called Fresh Horses. Yeah. Oh my gosh, garbage. Just well, was just mm, also so that was gone oh i forgot about um for keeps because i love that one too but the pickup artist was horrible yeah. also yeah, well, it, Robert Downey Jr. but i could forgive it a little more i mean it's tough i really did enjoy her and the stuff i did but then when she fell off she fell off hard mm. yeah she did so 
uh, I don't know. I, I, that's tough because I did really enjoy watching her. It's not she's not a bad pick. I just she oh, didn't yeah. have the staying power for me. Well, no, because I do really. I mean, I look back and I really enjoy those movies. Are still somewhere. great. Um, mm-hmm, they are. The the thing is, I think they were so similar. Uh, she was being typecast um, because of the John Hughesness about her that I think and she, she f- wanted to get away from that. Yeah, and I think that's where you you know you have this difference in career. Um, but her later stuff was like the Secret Life of American Teenager. My wife watched, and I watched. I think most of the first season, um, which it that made me that show made me not look at anything Shailene Woodley did as an actress because I thought that show was so cheesy um, <laughs> that I thought she couldn't act and I've seen a lot of her movies now and she's actually a great actress but it she had to like I had to she had I to kinda, earn it from you yes I, I went in with this this expectation of her being awful and then found out no no she's really great when she's in a well written script apparently Molly Ringwald yeah I was gonna say the Allegiant stuff I don't know that helped I have not watched those, uh, so and I, I don't plan to. You're okay for that. But uh, Spectacular Now, she's fantastic in, and um, The Descendants with George Clooney, uh, amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Um, so she's definitely talented. It just, again, it depends on the script. Molly Ringwald, on the other hand, um, in on that show was actually good, despite the, the kind of over-the-top high school nonsense that was happening in that show. Um, and so, you know, it seems like she's kind of back possibility. Um in terms of being really good, but, uh, yeah, I don't know how many roles she's really going to get. So, but good pick, Corey, because I think going with one that you, uh, has, she's lasted at least in her films. Maybe the other films that she's done hasn't been so great, but her old films still hold up today. I mean, people still talk about Breakfast Club and they still talk about 16 Candles and Pretty in Pink, uh, with a lot of love. So, oh, and don't forget, don't forget the first season of The Facts of Life. Oh, Ooh, I, I, did I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, any of that since I was wow. a kid. But um, yeah. my number two is uh, Anna Kendrick. Um, mm-hmm. Anna Kendrick, I think, one, does not get a lot of respect because she is known for being uh, more of a comedic actress. But mm-hmm. she's done a lot of movies, and I've seen um, many of them. I've not seen all of them. But just uh, the last year or two, I've seen Table 19, Get a Job, The Accountant, The Hollers, and Mr. Right. Um, and I love all of those movies with her, especially her role in it. Uh, the Accountant's crazy, um, but, you know, mm-hmm. she plays the role correctly. I didn't see Mike and Dave need a wedding uh, date just yet, but she's in that as well. But then I love her in the Pitch Perfect uh, franchise. Um, um, and I, I liked Into the Woods. A lot of people hated it. Um, I went in with a predisposition to love it because I used to watch a Broadway version of it. When I was a kid, like I had a VHS recording from PBS and I would watch it. And so I kind of went in already being a fan. And so I didn't hate the movie. Um, I didn't necessarily particularly care for her performance in it, but I didn't dislike it. Um, but I really liked her in um, 50-50. She plays Joseph Gordon-Levitt's uh, psychiatrist and then girlfriend. Um, she's in End of Watch, which was fantastic. I mean, I can go through this list. And the only things that I, I hate on her uh, list is the Twilight movies, um, which I don't know who Jessica is, but that's what she's billed as. Um, but she's in all of the Twilight films, and I hate those. But otherwise, most of her movies I love. And, of course, she is in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as Stacy, Scott's sister. Also, she is in Life After Beth, which I love. <laughs> I have not seen um... that. Um, and I have there's a few movies of hers that I have not seen. Um, but... She's in so many films that I've seen and love, and she always brings a character that I just find um, endearing. Sometimes she's annoying. Like in Mr. Right, 
she can be a little bit annoying, but she's supposed to be. She's kind of insane. Um, and so is Sam Rockwell. And their chemistry together just cracks me up. Um, but I, re I really enjoy her. In fact, I almost saw Trolls solely because she was attached to it. But I just couldn't. And so I haven't. But um, And I, I don't remember her role in the movie Cake with Jennifer Aniston. But I did see that film and I really liked the movie. I just don't remember what Anna Kendrick's role was in that film. So... Um, but if she's, a, if she's listed on a film, I am more likely to watch it. Although I just saw that they are listing Trolls 2 for, uh, 2020 and that's not something I'm excited about. Um, but, but Pitch again, we're not the demographic for it. True. So. But Pitch Perfect 3 is set to come out this year. Hopefully it's good. I don't know that it will be. And then, um, she, I did hear about this. She's supposed to be playing a female Santa Claus in a upcoming movie, um, where she will be called Nicole Claus, like the daughter of Santa or some nonsense like that. I don't know if that'll be good, but I generally like her. So if she's in a film, I'm going to give it a chance, which is why I went and saw Table 19, which I found to be really fun and endearing and not the best movie, but a very fun time at the film, at the movies, and my daughter also enjoyed. Um, so if Table 19 is playing near you or if it's, it's, it'll probably be out on video in the next month or so, I, I recommend it. If you like rom-coms, I think it's it's a solid movie. Not perfect, but solid. Um, but that's my number two, Anna Kendrick. She didn't realize, I mean, I was, she's one that I forget has been in so many different yep. things and that's, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that's uh, the problem. Most people think pitch perfect and that's what they got. Um, but she's in a lot and I, I enjoy her as a lead. Um, I, I find her presence in films to be, uh, entertaining. She's got a great comedic presence. Um, mm -hmm. you know, there's this ditzy quality that she brings in some of her roles, um, and not in others like Pitch Perfect. She's pretty strong and, and determined um, and she kind of has to let her guard down. And then in the second movie, she does bring a little bit of the ditziness to it, but it's it's played well where it's for some reason, whenever she's around this uh, German music group, she she gets ditzy like this woman makes her feel uncomfortable around her. So she starts kind of being like not not as intelligent as the character usually is. And I found that super funny. Um yeah, I, I enjoy a lot of her performances. And again, 50-50 is a film that I think got slept on. Um, it's Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Seth Rogen. He finds out that he has cancer and he has 50-50 chance of, of living. Um, and then how he goes about his life from that point forward. And it's it's funny. It's sad. Um, the the relationship he develops with Anna Kendrick is pretty awesome. I just I really feel like that movie is one that people have skipped and they should definitely check out. And that's my number two. So uh, let's go to Mike. What's your number two, bud? My number two, I, I, I won't go with, I'll just say the name and I'll say what I was going to say. It's funny because I start with those clues and whatnot because it's just my habit. Um, I'm going with Helena Bonham Carter. Oh, nice. Oh, nobody else. Okay. Well, well I almost... jokingly refer to her. <laughs> we're almost done. Um, so. as, as the home record because she seems like more okay. More than not, I've, I put down occasionally, but more often than not, that she seems to get involved with directors and you know that are married at the time, and then ends up with them. But aside from that, because that's not really what I'm judging her on. Uh, long before she was the tourist Marla Singer in Fight Club, she was in um, The Wings of the Dove and Room with a View, and way, way before she was this crazed Bellatrix Lestrange and. You know, she has gone from dramatic indie film to, you know, frenetic and just, I mean, holding your own with Tyler Durden and whichever personality she was, you know, that, and she is a strong character. That's the thing. Big time. In all her films, uh, she's just that way. Uh, I, I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of the updated Alice in Wonderland, but still, she went with it. 
and you know with gusto and that's what that's the thing is if, if she's in it and i think that's the common theme here if some if any of these people that are on our list are in a film we're gonna check it out mm-hmm. typically yeah it's gonna have to be ex- extremely oh not our thing to you know to, to avoid it but she has been in so much and the last few years she's I, I i definitely would prefer her the more indie roles but just if she's in it i'm gonna be drawn to it it's like moth to a flame and well, i gotta say though see... with her she has these really big over-the-top roles um but then she can play these very subdued and almost like blend mm-hmm. into the background um, of films like I think she's in uh, Suffragette. I'm not. I love sure. her. In yes, Suffragette. she's so great in Suffragette, and it's not a performance that you expect from her because it's it's very quiet and subdued, and it's fantastic. And then, um, in the 2015 live action adaptation of Cinderella for Disney, she's the fairy godmother, and love mm-hmm. her take and on it's that comedic. character. And yeah, it's like whoa, wait a minute, I didn't. Yeah, she's not the villain. She's not like scaring no. you, and she's she is. Um, I actually looked at her for a couple of times. And she doesn't get the lead role as often as, um, in fact, I don't think, yeah, she definitely has the ability. Like, Sweeney Todd is the close lead behind Johnny Depp, um, Mm -hmm. which she freaked me out in that movie. But, uh, like, uh, and and I am a fan of the new Alice in Wonderland, not the Looking Glass. That one's awful. But I like the other one. And uh, as the Red Queen, she's fantastic. Um, And and even in um, the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, she plays Charlie's mom. And again, quiet, mm-hmm. subdued character, mm-hmm. um, very motherly. Even you know, like it, I wish she sang the "Cheer Up Charlie" song, um, which they they didn't do a whole lot of the those songs in the movie. Which I actually hate that song in the original Willy Wonka, but I would have liked to see her do it. I think she would have made it better. I think she would have made it more entertaining. Um, she she definitely brings something to the films, and obviously, Marla Singer is the first time I remember seeing her, and. Oh, wow. Such a such a performance um, that even so much so I didn't realize who it was for a while like um, because I hadn't seen her in anything beforehand and she she plays a lot of over the top characters which Marla's over the top but she's over the top in a grounded you know harsh Mm-hmm. dirty sort of way you know like just this is you her wonder life what got her to that point yes yeah like what yeah. what what was her life like before we met her. Um, but the, you know, the other movies I'd seen her in like later, like obviously Bellatrix you mentioned, but, um, trying to look at the first, uh, Tim Burton film I would have seen her in Corpse Bride. She played a voice. Blech. Yeah. Which I actually have never seen Corpse Bride cause I heard that Neither comment. Have, I still yeah. haven't watched Big Fish, uh, which apparently she's in it. I was, uh. was going to say she's great in that. Everyone that's in that movie is great. Um, also she plays Queen Elizabeth in the King's Speech and she mm-hmm. was good. I've yet to yep. see that too. And it looks like she was in the, the oh. Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes, which I've never watched. She um, was under heavy, heavy makeup. Yeah, that's what I assumed. Um, But I think the first movie that I saw her in after Fight Club was uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So I wouldn't, I, you know, would not have put that, that's Marla Singer. You know what I'm saying? Like, no way would I have looked at that and been like, oh, there's Marla Singer. Um, (laughs) So it wasn't probably until after uh, the Sweeney Todd movie and um, the Harry Potter films that I made the connection of who she was as an actress. I'm like, oh, wow. Um, I feel, man, I feel like I've seen more of her stuff than I have. Like I'm looking through her filmography, and I haven't seen a lot of her work. Um, I did see Hamlet, and I like when with. Uh, oh wow! But like the when 1990, I, the Mel Gibson. Yeah, but I probably saw it when I, like 1992. You know, I was very young, and I don't recall oh, most of it. Okay. I just remember I know I watched it because my aunt was a huge fan of it and Mel Gibson. So, 
I saw a lot of his movies when I was a kid. Um, but she's also uh, sh- she's listed as one of the Ocean's Eight females. As Ocean's Eight is another one of those um, films that Corey was talking about, where they're doing these uh, male-dominated film remakes with female characters. So Ocean's Eight will be an all-female uh, version, and from my understanding, um, will be uh, the sister of Ocean. You know, George Clooney's character. Danny Ocean. Yeah, and it is uh, in the same universe. Um, so it is. It's not Ooh, supposed to be like a true reboot. Uh, Sandra Bullock's playing Debbie Ocean. Who is supposed Gross. to be the sister of of Danny? So her, it has like Kim Kardashian West and Kylie Jenner uh, in it. No, no, they they're gonna be <laughs> they're gonna be cameos. Don't but don't don't overlook the fact that Sarah Paulson's in it, Kate Blanchett yes. and and Hathaway, Katie Holmes, and Katie Holmes is coming back apparently. Um, Mindy Kaling. Yeah, I yeah. like her a lot. I don't think John does, but Mindy I'm Kaling. Not a fan of hers, but... Yeah. Um, I, I don't like her on The Office, and I haven't sat oh, through the Mindy so Project. Hilarious. Um, she has moments, but like her, she plays a character that I don't think I'm supposed to like, though. To be fair, yeah. So, True. um, all right. Well, that's uh, interesting. Mike's number two, which I think is a great pick, and one that I didn't see coming. So, good job, um, Corey. What do you got for number? Uh, I guess I know your number one. Everybody knows. Everyone that's ever heard me talk knows. I have Winona Ryder. Stop. Stop. Oh. No, I can talk first. Well, so um, wait, wait, yes. because we were uh, we watched Heather's. My, my wife. Uh, had my daughter and I watch Heather's today um, because we just finished watching 13 Reasons Why, my wife and I did. And um, I think that my daughter is now kind of more interested in seeing high school-themed, like, comedy, but, like, you know, because she wanted to watch Mean Girls, and we didn't have our copy of Mean Girls here. And so uh, my wife put on Heather's, and that's the Winona Ryder film with uh, Christian Slater. And um, I had to point out to my daughter halfway through the movie that, um, like, do you know who that actress is? And she said no. I'm like, that's the mom in Stranger Things. And she's like, what? So it was a pretty funny moment for what? me. Um, but on the way, you recorded it. You yeah, recorded I did. It. On the way home from uh, our Bach Tower outing, I said I was talking about my list, and I'm like, I know Corey's gonna have Winona Ryder on it. Like, I know that for a fact. There's no question. Um, I didn't know for sure it would be number one, but I knew she would be on your list. So I will let you now talk, Corey. What? Why Winona Ryder for number one? Okay. Um. So I'm not really sure when she first came to my attention, but she has been my favorite actress for as long as I can remember. And I'm totally going to fangirl right now that no one compares to her. I (laughs) don't care that she's a kleptomaniac. I don't care. Um, I'll move on from being a sap now. Um, Her range of films um, to me is just great. I, I do go see movies because she's in them, and I watch... If everyone would have told me that Winona was in Stranger Things, I would have watched it so much quicker than I did, because as soon as I found that out, the same day I started watching it, um, but she was great in Girl Interrupted, mm-hmm. which has a phenomenal cast all the way around. Um, great Balls of Fire, she plays, um, she stars alongside Dennis, Lewis, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Quaid to play the 13-year-old cousin turned wife of Jerry Lee Lewis, oh. Lydia in Beetlejuice. Yep. She's in Edward Scissorhands, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula. We talked about Black Swan. She was in another um, movie, I think, called Boys with... Oh, I'm blanking out on his name. Um, She was in The Iceman with Michael Shannon. Just so... And, oh my God, we've talked about mermaids and how much I love that. Welcome home, Roxy Carmichael. So many of her movies I can revisit. And I love that she is kind of different than... So many actresses in Hollywood, especially back when she was in, I guess, her heyday. Um, I just appreciate that about her. 
So well, let's not forget her amazing British accent in Bram Stoker's Dracula. Uh, no. <laughs> I love that movie. Um, I don't care what you say. <laughs> I don't care. I, I um, wouldn't say I love the movie, but she's I in do it, love it, so I can forgive her a lot. Um, I do love it, and John judged me the whole time he watched it. I just felt, <laughs> I just felt the glare, and I just so tried not bad. to make eye contact. I did not like that movie. Um, uh, particular, and I'm a Keanu Reeves fan, and I'm also a Keanu Reeves apologist. Like I know he's not a good actor, but, no, he, but I do enjoy him. But he is so bad in that movie. Um, <laughs> Oh man, and I, that just that like the fact that he was cast. I'm like, have they not seen him? Like, he's a pretty one note actor, guys. Like, he has he has one wheelhouse, and if you cast him correctly, the movie will be great. If you cast him incorrectly, people are gonna laugh, and that is what I witnessed with Bram Stoker's Dracula. And Winona Ryder, you need to watch um, Dangerous Liaisons with him in it and see. I still need to watch Scanner Darkly too because that's sitting on my shelf, and that mm-hmm. whole movie is rotoscoped, and I want to watch it for that yeah. reason too. But um, Winona Ryder's hair in Heather's and in uh, uh, Edward Scissorhands and in uh, Beetlejuice is Helena Bottom Carter's hair while she's married to Tim Burton. Does anyone else notice that and think it's creepy? Because <laughs> it's kind of creepy because it's like Tim Burton cast this young girl in three movies. The Matrix can I only mean, support so many 3D hair models. <laughs> dark eyes, dark hair. Yeah. Limitation of the Matrix, y'all. I mean, it, it's oh pretty interesting. Um, but uh, particularly at the end of Heather's after the explosion, her hair has that kind of <laughs> frazzled look to it. Um, but yeah, you know, she's definitely in some great movies. There's something about her voice, though, that I find like, I don't know. It's not necessarily her acting. It's just it's her voice. It's it's I don't I don't know. I don't dislike it, but it's it's unique. And it makes a lot of what she says sound fake to me, like like she is acting, in fact, and not like not. And I, I'm a fan of the realist approach to a lot of acting, and her character often feels very um, like more like a caricature than a character um, in her, in the films, and it works in some of them. Like it works in Heather's because Heather's is kind of this over the top dark comedy, so the the voice works there. Um, yeah. And it, I think it would work in Beetlejuice because I definitely loved Beetlejuice when I was a kid. Been a long time since I've seen it, but I, I loved it a lot back then. And um, from what I remember, I, it's been a while since I've watched Edward Scissorhands. But I don't remember feeling that way about her performance when I saw it. But I don't think I've seen it since I was in high school. So um, I am trying to get my daughter to watch everything with her in it because of, mainly because of the Tim Burton connection, not because of that. Because my daughter is a fan of his art style, so I want her to see some of his older stuff. But I would recommend, and because and here's the thing: it was tough to put her at my number five. Um, be, my number one pick, I think, will make sense as to, and I might have put her higher, but I don't. I, it's it was tough to put her down there, and I think Corey's right. Being surprised that she's down that that low, but I would recommend because this is where she caught my attention. She caught my attention way back in '86, so I would have been 13. Um, it's a film called Lucas. Hmm. Charlie Sheen in one of the it, this one and Platoon. Charlie Sheen when he was acting, you know what I mean? Yeah, before he, he went was crazy. Good, yeah. Corey Haim, of all people, Corey Haim. And then uh, Carrie Green, who was in a couple other ones. I think she was also in The Goonies, if I recall correctly. But I could be wrong because I've not watched Goonies. Um, It is just, you know, very slice of life. Lucas is this outsider kid. I would start with that one because it's just the story and some of the things. It's very, uh, even even I think Jeremy Piven might even make an appearance. Oh, wow. Yeah, way back. And just very understated. They're... Yeah, there's some sort of action in it, in that 
Lucas is this kid who's basically a band kid, but he wants to play football because he wants to be more popular and whatnot. And you can see, and Winona Ryder's um, role is a supporting role, but to me, that's where I'm like, because of the things that happen, I'm like, what a fool, this main character, Lucas, which is Corey Haim, but because sometimes we don't see what we have right in front of us, and I think that's definitely the case with Lucas. I would, If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. It's one of my favorites of hers from way back when, but then talking about the breadth and the wealth of roles she's had, we um, when I saw, yeah, Stranger Things was de- a definite, like, wow. You know, I was thinking the kind of thing that Tarantino did with Travolta and having that because she'd had some rough times, you know, we joke about the kleptomania, but again, though, she has done lots of different things. We hadn't even mentioned, because I'll be honest, Adam Sandler films are a guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah, but her, Mr. Deeds. Uh, Mr. Deeds, her role, <laughs> role to, uh, as the reporter was, you know, Which I was very surprised. I like that performance a lot, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mm-hmm. that's one I, it's one of his last solid mm-hmm. comedies before he kind of oh, yeah. jumps off for a bit and then he comes yeah. back with with again i thought grown-ups look promising mm-hmm. for the future and then he's gone like completely the other direction after grown-ups yeah. um yeah i'm curious to see what his new the wexler yeah i haven't watched any of his wexler. netflix stuff um because this is like yeah, his I'm third or fourth film that's going straight to netflix and i i cannot he has a deal he has a deal with oh him, yeah so. oh no he does i'm just saying i can't i can't watch any of them they all look <laughs> awful um, oh. <laughs> I am such an anti Kevin James supporter. Like I, I, I swear mm-hmm. that if Chris Farley had not OD'd, Kevin James would not have a career. That every role that we've seen he him, he would in, have disappeared, and it, shuffled up. Yeah, Chris Farley would have been in that role and done a better job. Even with the crappy Paul Blart movies, Chris Farley would have been better as Paul Blart than what we get with Kevin James. Um, well, I think I Chris Farley him. was on his way. If that, if that Jerry Arbuckle production had gone through, we probably would have seen a different side mm. of him. Which would have been great. Fatty, sorry, Fatty Arbuckle. I forget the not Jerry Arbuckle. I don't know where I'm getting that name, but you know what I mean. Uh, it was something he was working on. It was really, and then he died. Yeah, it's tragic. And again, we were left with Kevin James, who is a shade of the talent that Chris Farley was. It's like just because you can fall hey. through a table and you're chubby does not make you Chris Farley. Hey, so hey, we could have been left with Horatio Sands, poor guy. Oh man. All right. Um. um so, so yeah. you uh, guys, Winona Ryder is Mike's number five, and Corey's number one actress. Let's move into mine. Um, my number one is a newer, uh, newer in terms of her uh, celebrity status, but um, she's done quite a bit of work, and I'm a fan of almost all of it. And her name is Brie Larson. Um, mm. Brie Larson won my spot as my number one actress with her performance in Room. Um, when that movie ended, oh, yes. it was without any question that she was my favorite actress. Um, and I'd only really seen her at that point in um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, uh, where she plays um, Envy. And note that my number one and number two are both in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, but that is not by any means their best performances. But um, both do great in those films. Um, but I went back and I watched uh, Spectacular Now, which I mentioned a little bit ago with Shailene Woodley. She's in it with Miles Teller. Um, I loved her in that movie. I love Short Term 12. If you haven't seen Short Term 12, highly recommend it. It is on Netflix to stream. It is her and Danny... Uh, it's not Danny. The It's Gallagher. He's in... John Gallagher. John Gallagher from um, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane. And I just mentioned... Oh, Hush is a really great Netflix horror film that he's Ooh. in. Um, but she's also in Trainwreck. She plays Amy Schumer's sister. Um, she's in 21 Jump Street as Jonah Hill's love interest. And she's in most recently Kong Skull Island, which 
unfortunately, she probably didn't need to be in it. And they also, Brie Larson is um, a big advocate for like, uh, I can't think of the exact term, but like for, um, she she fights against sexual harassment and sexual things like that. And so much so, she had to give uh, um, Casey Affleck his Best Actor Award at the Oscars. And she did not applaud after she read his name because of the allegations that he had about being harassing women on sets and things like that. Um, yet her performance in Kong is is very contrary to that position because she is essentially the pretty girl, the damsel in distress, and does almost nothing in the movie. Unfortunately, it's a fun movie. Like Kong is awesome. The people are kind of lame, and her character in particular basically exists to look good in a tank top. And that's disappointing because she can do so much more. And I want that to be very clear. Her looks are not why she's my number one actress. She is amazing as an actress. And if you watch Room, you you can't tell me she's not. She is so good in that movie. Um, Whoa. And, and same thing with Short Term 12. She's playing a counselor at a like um, a halfway house, I think is the, the terminology. Um, and she was a originally a member at this place and became a counselor. And the way her tragedy, her backstory uh, is revealed is so, like, devastating and her performance is so good. And if you've ever heard me talk about an actress, um, I often have this judgment on their ability to cry on camera. She is one of the best. Um, Her tears are always believable. And even in uh, Kong, I think she cries for like half a second, and it's still it's still amazing. She she's so committed. And um, Viola Davis, who we mentioned earlier, she's the same. Like the, they passed the cry test so strong. Where the joke Corey made earlier with Jennifer Lawrence, that is one of the reasons I can't stand Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> she can't cry. She is a one dimensional actress. She's really good at playing angry, crazy lady. Anything outside of that, she's awful. We don't need any more of that, though. You know what? When she's cast correctly, like Silver Linings Playbook, um, she did really well in Joy. She's great. But when she's cast incorrectly because they want her to be a lead actress, she isn't. She's a character actress. I'm sorry. And Claire Danes can't cry for crap. Can't stand her. I, know, <laughs> I don't I, care. I still love her. I thought she would be on your list. I'm actually surprised she isn't. But um, I, but I guess maybe because of the TV thing again, because she's most famous for uh, Heartland, um, Homeland, and the uh, the teenage show. I can't think of what it's called. My so called life. That's it. Um, With Jordan Catalano and or Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Jordan uh, Catalano. Uh, that's not his real name. But um, that that's my number one, Brie Larson. Uh, she is going to be Captain Marvel um, in the uh, or Miss Marvel, but I think they're going with the Captain Marvel name. Um, for the Marvel uni- Cinematic Universe, so I am excited to see what they do with that. I hope they keep her the strong, independent-type character, and Brie Larson can definitely pull that off. Um, but basically, if she's in a movie, I am going to watch it. And so that's... Oh, and in fact, I'm going to watch one on Thursday. Mike and I are going to a critic screening of Free Fire, Jealous. which Brie Larson is in, so I'm very excited about that. Um, so that is my number one, Brie Larson. Wow. Hmm. All right, not a whole lot of commentary from the people. I guy. haven't seen a lot from her. I've only <laughs> seen Room. Yeah, I haven't see, even seen Kong. I didn't make it to the theater I, for I've that, but I'm excited. sought out most of her films. There's a few I still haven't seen, but I, I have actively went because of Room. Um, mm-hmm. I've actively went. Now both of you seen Scott Pilgrim though, so you've seen her at least as Envy. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and she and started. I can't wait to see Free Fire. Interesting fact though, she started as a pop singer. Um, Brie Larson had a oh. hit single that I am going to pull up now, uh, but. Please, I'll She's, probably remember it. She started off as a singer-songwriter, um, or at least a singer. I don't know if she actually wrote her songs or not, but um, 
But let's while we're on pulling up the name of the song, Mike, what is your uh, who is your number one actress? My number one actress is Jodie Foster. I I thought she might be on your list. I didn't see that coming though. Okay. What? He's talked highly about um, her a few times. That's true. Yeah, she's. It's funny. My father-in-law is a huge Jodie Foster fan as well, and so it's funny that he. You know, that doesn't bear on my picking my choose selection of her, but. Um, talking about bringing their A-game to roles, Jodie Foster, regard, even as far back as Taxi Driver, her first role, and anything beyond that, the talent that she brings to the table and everything that she, <clears throat> even from such a young age, is extremely is, is astounding. <clears throat> recently, um, she was on Nerdist. Uh, I went recently, it was a few months ago. And honestly, if she just sat and read the phone book for the Nerdist podcast, because she doesn't do that sort of stuff very often. Mm. I would have been just as pleased. And she was just very candid and just kind of talking process and talking. Because it's just something to hear her speak. And um, if it's comedy, drama, sci-fi, thriller, horror, she comes in and kills it. Contact, Silence of the Lambs, the um, little girl that lives down the... Oh, my gosh. I've forgotten the full title, but it's so creepy. That movie was nuts. It was. And then at the ending, and you're like, oh, okay. Um, Maverick. Um, oh, yeah. God, I love that movie. That is such a... I haven't seen it in years, but when I when I was a kid, I used to like have that movie on almost repeat, and I walked around with a pack of playing cards for like weeks, like wanting to be a poker player because of that That's freaking awesome. movie. Um, Panic Room, The Brave One. Um, so many roles. The Accused. Oh, I watched The Accused way too young, but just because you haven't said the cheek uh, got Taxi Driver yet either, right? Ooh. Yeah, uh, I didn't watch it uh, quite as young as you know because it was that was what seventy six. I think so. That would have been I would have been three. Um. Oh, just and that's the other thing is and you mentioned Winona Ryder and the voice, but and so many the, the Clarice Starling voice just kind of caught me off guard because that wasn't what I was used to hearing her speech and the way she got it. Uh, and then, you know, going to playing, oh, it's even the same year, Sounds of the Lambs 91 and Little Man Tate 91, where she plays oh, yeah. the, the mom of this genius level child who is just, uh, think of uh, in Parenthood when they're really anxious as a child and that's, Little Man Tate just doesn't fit in at all. And she's trying the best to, to make fit in and allow him to, you know, not kids, but also, you know. And then even a couple years later, Nell. Uh, I remember seeing Summersby with her and uh, Richard Gere and Summersby at the theater, my wife and I. And oh, was it my wife and I? I better, oh, that was 93, so I'm trying to think. I'm trying to get my dates. Uh, just, just all the different, she goes into all these different roles and just does so well with them. And there's it. She's my number one. Yep. She's definitely a, a well-respected and great actress. I have not seen enough of her work, um, which is mainly why she wasn't on my list. But I do love her performance as Clarice Starling. Um, I, I need to rewatch Contact. I've only seen it once, and I was in the theater whenever it came out. And I didn't like it at the time, so I don't know if I'll like it now. But it's one I've been wanting to go back to. Um, and she directs now more than she acts, and she j just did Money Monster which I thought was underwhelming and was disappointed. I was really expecting it to be great, and it, it just wasn't. Um, and on a side note, Brie Larson's uh, hit song from 2005 is She Said, um, 
I feel like we should play it. I we have copyright laws that will prohibit me from oh, doing this. Um, we could probably play like five seconds, but I don't know if it's going to be iconic enough. But I do recommend if you are interested checking it out on YouTube. There is a full music video of her, um, but from 2005, so it wasn't that long ago. She was singing first and then became an actress, um, which is why I'm waiting for her to do a musical because apparently she's got some musical talent. So she does sing in Scott Pilgrim, of course, uh, as Envy. It's, but it's probably going to be um, you know a musical scene in Captain Marvel. So. Boom. Um, all right, that brings us to our honorable mentions. Uh, Mike said he doesn't have any for this week, but Corey, you started us off anyway, so who are some of, if you have any, honorable mentions? I um, have Mia Wazikowska, um, Alicia Vikander, uh, Sally Field, Shirley MacLaine, and Dolly Parton. Wow, Dolly Parton made it for an actress, huh? Yeah. All right. Um, well, she was in Still Magnolias and in um, oh, she's done The School Warehouse and yeah, yeah, and nine to five. She's not. She's done quite a few movies, actually. There's some other ones on. Um, she did one with Queen Latifah a couple years ago. That was like a church choir type thing. Oh yeah. Um, I think my wife liked it, but um, Alicia Vikander was on mine, and actually was really close to making it on my list. Um, because everything that Same. I've seen, because Ex Machina, she's amazing. Danish Girl, she's amazing. Man from Uncle, which was actually much better than it looked. Um, she's really good in that. And then Light Between Oceans, I was just blown away by her performance in that movie. Kate Winslet was on my list. Um. Mainly for her performance as Clementine, because I love her in every uh, Eternal Spot. Blah. Eternal Sunshine of the Spot was mine. Absolutely love her in that. Um, not for Titanic. <laughs> I am not a fan of Titanic, uh, so it's hard for me to, to remember her performance outside of my general disdain for the film. Um, Draw me like one of your French girls, Jack. I love Rachel Weiss in The Lobster so much <laughs> that I had to like look, and I didn't realize all the stuff I'd seen her in. Um, because like I, to me in the lobster was like the first time I'd ever seen her. And then I was like, Oh wait, she's in the mummy, um, with Brandon Frazier. I love that movie. And she's She's the hot librarian. Yeah. And I had no clue. And now I'm like, well, I loved her in that. So there is another one. And then, uh, she's also in light between oceans with Alicia Vikander. Loved her in that. And she's in, uh, she's Vince Vaughn's girlfriend in Fred Claus, which is a not so great Christmas movie, but she's good in it. So, you know, um, uh, I have like the obvious ones that I considered like Helen Mirren, Meryl Streep. Um, Tony Collette was almost on my list. Oh, I actually yeah, she got bumped good. down for Tilda Swinton. Um, but yeah, she's in Sixth Sense, Little Miss Sunshine. I love The Way Way Back. I freaking love her in that movie. Um, and Fright Night, the remake with Anton Yelchin. Uh, she's his mom and loved her for that. Um, Francis McDormand, uh, Laura Dern, uh, Rachel McAdams actually almost made my list. Um, mainly f- because I one I keep forgetting that she is uh, Sherlock Holmes' girlfriend in the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies, which I love the first one, only kind of like the second one, and then um, but I I really like uh, her in Spotlight um, from the same year as Room from 2015, and uh, that was a good movie. Yeah, and um, the, we mentioned already Octavia Spencer and Viola Davis were uh, heavily considered, and I just don't feel like I've seen enough of their movies to. Um, put them on as like my favorite actresses. However, if they're on, if they're in a movie, I am more likely to see it because the, I respect them tremendously so much so that my wife found a Lifetime movie recently where Viola Davis is playing a judge. Um, and I can't remember who there was another famous actress in it who I liked. And I was just like, I don't usually want to watch a Lifetime movie, but because Viola Davis is in it, I'm willing to watch it. Um, which I only watched, I think, the first thirty or forty minutes because we had to record a podcast. Um, but I would have watched the rest of it because Viola Davis was in it. So she definitely meets that criteria. It was just, I haven't seen enough of her films, um, to justify it. So, but Francis McDormand has a new movie coming out, um, 
that has a bunch of people in it, and I can't think of what it's something with billboards. Sam Rockwell's in it too. So <gasps> I, I want to see that so bad. I, it's the three about, billboards outside of something it. Missouri. I am all about that movie because of that. And it, I hear it has a Cohen look to it, although it's not the Coens, but it has like a Cohen vibe uh, in the trailer. I still haven't watched the trailer yet, but I'm planning on watching it. Um, I've seen it before two movies. It looks so good, and I'm ready. Really? That's oh, you've seen yeah. Train Spotting too, so I'm guessing it's in front of that. Um, yeah. Because I haven't seen that yet, and maybe you saw it in front of Wilson. Um, yep, I think so. And I didn't because my my viewing of Wilson uh, was in an indie theater that focuses on the movies that are coming there versus um, oh. overall movies. That's most of the trailers they show are films that are, they're going to be getting in the near future. Um, so, Mike, do you have anybody? Not at all. Okay. I mean, Rachel Weisz is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There was one if you've not seen it. Her and Jude Law played Russian snipers during World War Two. And not remember the title, so if you like her, you might want to dig that up. I remember I am. seeing it in a theater. Oh, what was it called? Something based on a true story. Gosh, I can't remember. Well, I want to dig that um, up. I want to. Really interesting choices. Yeah, and I want to add. Um, uh, as like I had last week for um, actors who are on like on watch that I'm looking to see what they're gonna do next. Um, Imogen or Iomegan Poots is on that list for me. Um, I'm looking to see what she does next uh, because I really love Green Room and she's in something else that I really liked. I Did th- you see? Um, she was just in Frank and Lola I too, which was yet. pretty good. That's on my list, but I think she's in another Anton Yelchin film. Um, I can't think of what it was, but I'm pretty sure she was in. Maybe it's uh, Fright Night. I can't remember for sure, but she's in something else that I saw last year that I really liked with her in it. And oh yeah, she's 28 weeks later. Yep. Oh yes, she's also in that too, which I had seen for the first time last year. Um, so I, I have a lot of hope for her. I, I just wait to see what she does next. Um, or to at least to see more of her movies. And then I had somebody else. I didn't write it down, and now I can't think of who it is. But um, there's tons of great actresses out there. Obviously, we just touched on our ones that have had an impact on us. I actually think our lists were quite diverse, and I'm glad about that. Um, not diverse. Unfortunately, they were all white women. But, I mean, diverse as far as our, our 15, with the exception of Kristen Wiig and Winona Ryder, all of our people were different. So we almost had a full 15 different actresses getting uh, discussed here. Um, we like them for various reasons. I do. I have a tendency for more modern stuff. I am definitely a what have I seen lately type of uh, mindset. Um, Brie Larson being very prominent on my list there. And same thing with Anna Kendrick, both having kind of big careers right now. Their movies are um, their actresses that are getting more recognition right now. Ellen Page is kind of the opposite. Her her big time was Juno and she's kind of been very quiet. She's done some stuff, but she's been very quiet about what she's done. Um, her movies are not generally uh, getting the discussion that you would expect um, from someone who had such a, a career with Juno. But um, we'd love to hear your list. So if you want to tweet at us, um, you can reach me at Burke Reviews. Corey is at Corey R Star to R's on the end. And Michael Sanchez. At Server Monkey. And you can probably find us on Instagram with those same names if you would like. Um, I do try to post at least once a week with Instagram. I'm not the best at, at that, but I tweet more than I uh, do Instagram. But feel free to hit us up. Tell us what your top five are. You can also, if you go to SoundCloud, or if you're listening to this on SoundCloud, you can just leave a comment right there for this episode. Um, you can also leave a comment on our webpage or email me at johnburke at burkereviews.com. Feel free to look us up on Facebook. We have a Facebook group uh, or a Facebook page. Um, Burke Reviews, search it, join us, and you can comment your top five there like our listener Aaron often does. Um, I'm glad you brought him up. He's having some problems trying to hit our podcast. I don't know which app he's using. Oh. But, um, yeah, it hasn't been updating for him, so I told him Yeah. need to try yeah, we need to get him uh, fixed. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah, well, Aaron, if you, I hope you get to hear this episode. We, you were one of our regular listeners, and we definitely don't want to lose you, so um, I'll reach out to you and see if I can get that fixed. 
Um, but thank you for listening consistently and telling us your top five. We love seeing that. So if you uh, listen to the podcast, you want to leave your top five, leave it on any one of those platforms. Um, let's have a discussion. Who are we missing? Who should be on this list? Obviously, we're not claiming these are are like the best of all time. These are our personal favorites, and they can change. In fact, that's what I find with both of these lists. If we revisit them in a year, my list will probably be different. Um, yours may not, because yours a lot of yours are uh, more nostalgic picks. Um, in my opinion, like Molly Ringwald, for example. Uh, I don't know if she's going to do anything new to keep herself up on your list, but maybe she doesn't have to. So, <laughs> um, we'll be back. Uh, Next week. 50, 54 candles. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> um, man, I should have married Ducky. She's just old and bitter and alone. <laughs> she should have known that before the movie ended. Dang. Um, okay. But uh, we don't usually tell you what our topic is going to be for the upcoming weeks. However, Mike and I will be attending the Star Wars celebration this coming week in Orlando, Florida. Um, we're going to be posting tons of stuff online. I'm going to I'm going to have a camera with me so we'll be taking pictures. Um, if you're a cosplayer and you listen to the ep- our, our show, try to find us. We'll be walking around. Um, love to get some pictures with with anybody who is a fan and make some new fans is our big goal. But um, with the Star Wars Star Wars celebration, uh, we're going to be doing top 5 Star Wars moments next week. Um, and also we'll be talking about our experience at the Star Wars celebration. Plus, we're hoping we're going to be seeing a trailer for Star Wars the Last Jedi. Um, as the director is going to be there to do a one and a half hour panel, so I'm hoping a trailer will be with him, and Mark Hamill is going to be there next this weekend doing so a panel. Jelly. So we're going to uh, hopefully get to attend all of those things and uh, be giving our listeners and our readers some information. Thank you guys for uh, sparing your Sunday and uh, helping to record the podcast, and I'll see you guys uh, soon. Thank you. Bye. All right. Bye. All right. Peace. Yeah.